No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome back to another edition of Banal of America Audio, Season 10, the final season. And uh, tonight on the show, we're kind of breaking, I guess you could say, because uh, all the guests up to now have been the people who've been on a million times, and uh, I've talked to them like a million times. So <laughs> uh, Tonight, we're, we're getting pretty fresh because our guests have only been on the show once. They were on way back uh, last January, and I loved the conversation so much that I wanted to have them back here uh, on this season, the final season, to talk about what they've been up to because they've just been on fire since the last time they were on the show. Uh, they just, they're everywhere. They're traveling all over the place. They're making big news with their awesome museum, and uh, I want to get them back on the show, so that's what we did because I have a show. And uh, they are, of course, the proprietors of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. Chances are, if you haven't seen it in your area, uh, you will at some point in the not-too-distant future. Uh, They've taken this thing all over the place, and uh, it is fascinating, weird, uh, creepy. uh, We're going to talk all about it. It's really, really interesting stuff. And uh, their website is weekandweird.com. I'm talking about, of course, Greg Newkirk and Dana Matthews Newkirk. On the show here tonight. Welcome back to the program, guys. Hello. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, like I said, somebody somebody said something about me having you guys—a positive thing about me having you guys on. And they're great people and they're doing great work, so I'm happy to have you guys on. And you know, I, I was, like uh, to preface that by making sure we knew it was a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you caught that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. Some guy wrote to me because I was having you guys on, and I said, they're great people. It's like, that sounds kind of like I'm defending you guys, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We're, we're used to having people need to defend us. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, yeah, that, that actually, poor, that did happen to poor Micah Hanks uh, when he was on the show. Some, some guy was like, yeah, all right, heard it all, or some shit like that. And Micah and on the show was like, yeah, I don't really have time for people like that, so... It was like called like call, call, call him out on the show. It was great. I mean, that's <laughs> oh, the thing about, about this type of show. You know, when you talk about these topics, about the unexplained or the, you know, the paranormal or, or the hard to believe, why are you listening to the show if you're going to critique it like that? You know what the topics are going to be. Well, yeah, well, well, in that sense, it was kind of funny because I was like, say whatever you want, Mikey. He's not listening. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
it's it's just weird, you know. People, they're very, uh, you know how they are. Jeez, you know. Oh, how I they know are. how they are. I know how they are. Yeah. Although I'll be honest, I don't, I don't see, I, I'm not really. This is interesting because, like, I, I, uh, I see like these events you guys go to, and aside from Tim Weisberg, who I know from Boston here, it's like I don't know who like any of these people are that are at these events. Like, I'm completely out of the loop on. I guess the ghost scene and shit, it's kind of funny because I'll see it. It's like Ralphie Chuckerton. And I'll be like, who the fuck is Ralphie Chuckerton? And why is this picture like three times larger than everyone else's? Like, what the fuck am I missing here? So, well, well, don't you so, know, he's the guy who puts on the event, so he has to get the biggest poster. Oh, of course. It is like pro wrestling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to be careful. But, yeah, so I know, yeah, you guys. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be in with all the promoters. You can't be burning bridges here. But yeah, no, it's funny. Yeah, so it's exactly, yeah. But that's the thing. It's cool in a sense. Uh, I was gonna say, I I can't imagine that you guys have haters, but I'm sure in every realm people do. So it's like, uh, oh, that's what led me into how how I'm unfamiliar with the ghost world and shit. Tim, you could probably list haters of ours on on uh, all your fingers. Oh, I know. Oh, I only, <laughs> I only know of one. I think we have a mutual. We have a mutual hater. I know I that for say, sure. Yeah. We probably have a bunch of the same. I can tell you that they all have longer Wikipedia pages than we do. <laughs> oh, of course, right. And, and, and if we were to try and start our own Wikipedia page for ourselves, uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys do. I don't have one, but they would be quickly taken oh, down. No. We don't have one. It would get deleted in a heartbeat. Yeah. This is pseudoscience. I'm reporting it to Wikipedia. This is pseudoscience. I'm highly doubtful. Anyway, so you guys have traveled all over the country. What? What? And you've been on a couple TV shows since you've been on the show. So there's a lot to talk about here. I guess talk about the museum first. Uh, I gave the website. Is there a separate website for the museum? Uh, no, I mean, it's, we can it's, uh, para, well, there is, it's, uh, it's paramuseum.com and that's all about there just the museum. Okay. But, uh, the nice, traveling nice. museum of the paranormal and the occult is, it's the world's first mobile museum of haunted, cursed, and paranormally significant artifacts. And unlike a lot of other paranormal museums, we want people to have a hands-on experience. So guests are free to pick up the stuff and touch it and investigate with it. And uh, we, I mean, we've been from coast to coast at some uh, some big events, some small events inside haunted buildings, uh, presenting these things to people. We just like the idea of being able to bring them to people instead of people having to come to the museum. Yeah, well, it's a novel concept in a lot of ways. It's really, uh, it's sort of like, I wish there was something like this at some of the events I attend. Because like I said, I'm kind of more in the UFO realm and there's like nothing cool like that mm. these things those are they're always sort of just like people trying to sell you their books and shit so it'd be cool to uh i gotta get out <laughs> to one of these events sometimes yeah you know i mean that's the fun thing is is we don't really have anything to sell it's uh it really is just about you know being interactive and sharing ideas and our ideas about ghosts and and the paranormal is a lot different than a lot of people on the circuit right now so it's a really good way to kind of spread a more positive message about how we should approach things that are in the realm of the unexplained uh, from a place of curiosity instead of a place of fear, which is kind of why we want people to handle the stuff. Do you think that's sort of the predominant feeling of the, of the field there that it's like, this is, 
I mean, you have to, and that, and that, and it's like that's like the whole selling point almost of this of the ghost thing, where it's like you're going to be scared. So it's like you, the field's kind of painted itself in a corner in a way. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, scared. People like to be scared. That's why we ride roller coasters and stuff. But the problem comes when, you know, people are having a legitimate issue and somebody comes in and the first thing they say is, oh, it's a demon. Uh, mm-hmm. And then oh, yeah, yeah, everything yeah. into a much bigger issue. And then, you know, I think the problem is – go ahead, Dana. I was just going to say, I think also that there's sort of like a misconception about like haunted objects and it has a lot to do with horror movies and sort of the media kind of just portraying them all as being, uh, you know, things that are going to possess you (laughs) and pretty much ruin your life. So it's sort of like an angle, you know, it's it's something that Greg, it's sort of a misconception that Greg and I are kind of trying to re-educate people about as much as possible. Right, yeah, because when you first hear haunted objects, you think of, like, evil haunted dolls and, uh, yeah. you, you know, think about Annabelle, creepy shit like or that. you think about Robert the Doll. Have you guys been to Robert the Doll? Ne- oh, I never, no. I can't, I, we have never been to see him. I can't believe that, actually. I've never We've got to get down and, and, uh, and see him. I wonder if you, how many of these, I... I, we know about Billy, the idol thing. Actually, I don't know if we talked about the idol last time on the show, but we'll, we, we'll get into Billy later. But aside from Billy and the black scrying mirror, you know, how many of these, how many of these things do you, how many objects would you say you have in the museum? Uh, you know, I'm sure you probably rotate stuff around and shit, but you know, ballpark. Uh, probably like in the collection itself, I'd say we're nearing 250. Uh, oh, I mean, wow. we haven't really wow. done a serious count yet, but. I mean, in, in saying that, we really only take, you know, the most active or the most interesting things on the road with us, and those tend to get rotated out because we see a lot of the same people at events. Um, and yeah, Because yeah. for, for every, you know, Billy, there's 15 porcelain clowns that have never done anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Story so, of my life. There's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot. But uh, and then there's stuff you know that'll it'll never act up unless it's you know the right time or the right person or the right place that kind of thing. Uh, so it's yeah. it's always a process. But you know the last the last few months, man, stuff's been coming in hard and fast. Uh, I mean, the post office box is filled. We'll go to an event and we'll come home with half a dozen new things. Uh, so oh, we're quickly running out of space. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> But you have to, yeah, that must be weird, just opening those packages. Oh, God. What's, well, like, the weirdest thing somebody has sent you? Oh. On that same note, we have got, uh, we just got maybe three months ago a mask that was sent to us. And normally, people are Oh, is this the funky-looking about... face, the face thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, here, okay, yeah, I've seen it in some of your pictures, yeah. That thing, when it showed up, normally people will give us a heads up. They'll send us an email because we want to know. We always tell them if, if you're not going to email us, at least handwrite every single thing you can about this item because we need to know as many details as we can to figure out why it's doing what it's doing. And then we can put it in our right. files and it can remain anonymous if we want it to be, whatever. This one showed up unannounced. Uh, the only thing in the package was a little note card that said, I'm sorry. And it was covered in human feces. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is that weird yeah. mask that's making the face? Oh, exactly. my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
So after oh, that, geez. we now use gloves and masks to open all of the boxes because uh, <laughs> that was a good lesson. I actually laughed. Now, do you, do you, do you, up, I do you still? And I said, someone finally did it. They sent us shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did you save that feces encrusted card? Oh God, we save everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You never know. That's right? just weird. When, when, when we're yeah, no. I just met as a cool curio, maniac. like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe just frame it so it doesn't smell or anything. You'd be all set. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Really I mean, every, we, everyone calls it the poop mask, but of course now it's more like the Lysol mask because we've cleaned that thing like crazy. Yeah. Now, last time you told me about some lady that like went crazy when she was looking at the black scarring mirror and like wanted to come back and smash it and shit. So, has anything else? What's like? Uh, what's like? What's like the most like sort of jaw dropping thing you've seen from the people who check out these items when you're on the road? What do you think, Dana? Probably the sword. Yeah, I was going to say, like, with the mirror, what's cool about the mirror is that, like, at this point, thousands of people have probably looked into it. And, like, on average, it's about, I'd say, 70 to 75% of them have some kind of an experience with it. And usually it kind of falls into the category of, like, something creepy. But we have uh, have a sword that um, we brought with us to the Stanley Hotel uh, last year a little over a year ago. And um, it's, you know, Greg and I kind of, again, like we were talking about earlier, some, we have a box full of porcelain clowns. We have stuff that just has never really been active. And when we first yeah. received the sword, it, it didn't necessarily look kind of like a badass sword. It was just sort of like, it's a sword with some flowers on it. And so we were like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe it's active, maybe it's not. So we brought it with us. And one of the attendees uh, at the event, um, was one of the first people to kind of handle it. And when she picked it up, she kind of just went away and started swinging it around and pointing it at people and becoming really aggressive and kind of very out of character. And, and so she was a really young girl. She's probably like maybe 19, 20 and very quiet and, and sweet and nice and not the kind of person that, you know, at first glance you would think would kind of go nuts and like swing a sword around um, right, right. and point it at people. <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah. that's what happened, and, and one of the guests kind of came up to me and said, you know, you should probably go take that sword away from her, and I literally had to pry it out of her hands. And so obviously Greg and I were concerned about what had happened, and I sat down with her afterwards, and she, um, she told me she had no memory of anything that had happened. She had basically uh, completely gone, and the only things that she really remembered was kind of the overwhelming sensation of like uh, that the sword belonged to her and that um, she wanted to spill blood with it and that it was, she was just kind of overcome with aggression. Um, but other than that, she had no memory of anything that she had done or said or like any of her behavior during the kind of maybe 15, 20 minutes she had had the sword uh, with her. Wow. So that's probably one that's of the more intense so things weird. that have, and this this <laughs> happened in front of like sixty people. So, like, uh, yeah, was, very you know, there afraid, a, really freaked out people. Yeah, there was enough yeah, people yeah. there to kind of like, yeah, it was it was probably that it was kind of a intense. scene. It was kind of like, a, yeah, I was like, uh oh, what's going on over yeah. at the booth there, guys? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that happens quite pretty a much. Bit. Oh my god, that's just weird. That's just weird. It's just, it's almost creepy in a way. And I mean, we've had oh, other man. people 
so again, that was a year ago. And at that point, there are certain things that we travel with that we don't let people handle. And we just call it like the no touchy list. And for there for obvious reasons, you know, and at that point we realized it probably wouldn't be a, it probably wasn't a good idea to let strangers kind of wield a sword around in a group full of people anyway. And then on top of that, it's probably not a good idea. So, but since then we've done experiments with other people and and a majority of the people in there and the list is pretty short, but most of those people, you know, what ends up happening is they hold it for a few minutes and it's like, they just check out and like some other part of them kind of takes over and, and kind of becomes, you know, uh, really fixated on it and really kind of territorial about who it belongs to and why, you know, they want it to be with them. They want to, they want to swing it around and point it at people and these are people who, like, I, I trust are kind of rational, grounded people, not the kind of people that sort of would let, you know, that get the better of them. So it's been an interesting object. Yeah, that's really weird. That's really interesting, though. It's like, have you – I don't know if we talked about this last time. I apologize if I asked you this. Have you – you know those psychics who can, like – they're like uh, they're like object psychics that can touch an object and then they get full of like uh, information and shit. Um, have you ever had anyone like that uh, visit your museum or handle any of these objects? Oh, all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's the cool thing about doing the kind of events that we do is there's undoubtedly going to be a ton of psychics at these things. Oh, and that's yeah. True. yeah, 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 yeah. You know. So it's cool. Yeah, that girl when she was up. swinging the sword around probably stabbed like three psychics just by accident. That's how many there are <laughs> exactly. for these events. Exactly. Well, the one that I can think of off the top of my head is uh, Stephanie Burke. She she's uh, she spent some time with Billy, and and that's one of the things that she can do is is pick up an object and kind of read it like that. And she was actually able yeah. to pick up Billy and and hear him speaking to her. So it, it definitely happens. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, see, I, I'm i not in this ghost scene, so all this stuff to me is, like, so fantastical, where it's like, what? No, you know, because I'm, like, dealing with, like, lights right. in the sky and, and, shit. Like, no one I know is, you know, even exactly. even if I meet someone who's like, I met an alien, I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, you know? So, it's, <laughs> uh, so to me, it's hearing these stories is crazy. But, I mean, again, you're you're only hearing the, the craziest stories that we have here, yeah. again. For every for mm. every person that freaks out with the haunted sword, there's a whole mess of people who are like, I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And these are these are the most extreme objects, also. You know, again, there's a lot. We do get a lot of things that that are active um, with other people, but but we just don't. You know, we don't have the same kind of activity happening around them. So th- these are the really extreme examples of objects that we have that are right. incredibly incredibly active. And yeah, we're exactly. also upping our chances by doing this stuff in, in buildings that are, you know, known as the most haunted buildings in the world, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. So we're always trying to up our chances as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, by, like, yeah. That's why I was asking about Robert the Doll. I wonder if they could, like, let you let you bring some of this oh shit God. in near Robert. Or, or they, I don't know if they let you or not. Who knows? They, they seem kind of That would be amazing. We should figure that out, Dana. Well, I would love the, you know, because Greg and I have sort of started this 3D uh, scanning initiative where we're we're 3D scanning all of these haunted objects. I would love the chance to 3D scan Robert. Oh, I bet you that would be awesome. Something tells yeah. me, though, I don't know enough about Robert, but I bet you anything. They're like, no, no, no. It seems like they're, 
he seems kind of like a cash cow. Like they don't want to oh, yeah, mess with Robert. You I know, have a very, but... very <laughs> strong feeling that they probably wouldn't necessarily let us do that. I would love <laughs> to do it, but that would be in a perfect world. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, he's I, – I mean, I haven't been down there. I don't know anything about it. So don't jinx me, Robert, or whatever. But I, I imagine he's, like, on T-shirts and shit. Like, oh, I imagine yeah. oh, you can get him on a mug. Robert, and, yeah. Yeah, they make little Robert They make little plushies of him. Oh, they do. I was going to suggest that, but that was like, oh, uh, uh-huh. they, they, maybe they, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, they definitely, all right. So, they're definitely taking advantage of Robert. Well, there's also oh, a story behind Robert, which is that he doesn't like having his photograph taken. And you basically, when you go and see Robert, one of the things you have to do is ask permission to take his photograph because he's apparently uh, caused some cause some craziness in people's lives if they've kind of just, you know, jumped in there and taken some pictures of him without their permission. So God knows what would happen if we really scanned him without his permission. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the shtick that you have to, like, ask Robert permission or else uh, he'll mm-hmm. jinx you and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, somebody asked me, did you, when these other people were, when they handled the sword and also fell possessed, had they heard the story of this girl at all or were they coming in fresh? We try as much as we can to make sure that people are coming in fresh. Um, yeah. You know, the sword, there is there is a write-up on the website about the sword, um, but, you know, it really, we can't really, the problem is it's hard to know who has who has read about it beforehand or not. Right. But, you know. Yeah, they could be listening um, to this most, right now, so now they're going to exactly, know about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but uh, I think most of the people who come up to the museum – um, aside from the ones that we've seen before, for a lot of the things, it's really fresh for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, tell me this story, because I was, like, freaked out. <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> of You guys were, like, driving home from uh, from one of these events, and, like, I think you're uh, – oh. some dude, like, almost oh, killed my God. you, or he was, like – yeah. Or it seemed like he was going to kill you or something. It was really like, holy shit, that sounded pretty pretty dastardly. <laughs> we were on our way home from an event in, uh, I want to say it was it was New Hampshire, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was, yeah. I think it was New Hampshire. And we're on our way back home in the middle of the night. We've been driving all day. We're kind of wanting to stretch our legs. And I stopped and got gas. Uh, this was uh, in Maryland. And I stopped and got gas. And this guy, it's probably like, I think it was the middle of the night. It was like one in the morning. And this guy goes, uh, hey, he's like, I, I love Art Bell. Because he saw we had this Art Bell bumper sticker. And we started talking about Coast to Coast and classic episodes. And then, it, you know, it turned to like, you know, Bigfoot. And he's like, well, what do you guys do? And we told him what we were doing. And he's like, oh, well, if you want to see something really weird, there's this red-eyed monster that is, you know, haunts this cemetery. And I was like, oh, my God, give me directions to this thing because I, I yeah. need something to check out on the way home. So he, he writes down these hand-scribbled directions, and Dan and I, you know, after we get gas, we go out and we go looking for this place. And as we're kind of creeping down the road looking for this cemetery that's supposed to be out in this field, all of a sudden, over the hill, I see these headlights and then slam right into the back of our car. And I thought, oh, my God, this, this had to have destroyed our car. Because uh, they, I mean, it, it felt like they really slammed into us. And so I'm sitting there waiting, uh, getting ready to get out of the car. And I, I, I'm like, all right, all right, got to figure out 
you know, get my, get my bearings together, get out of the car, and I see behind me, uh, it's this big old boat of a car behind me, and this guy gets out. As he opens the door, I can see that there's four passengers in the car. Uh, one of them looks like, she looks like Tammy Faye. She's got, like, makeup shotgun blasted under her face, big hair. Uh, and then there's yeah. two guys who almost look identical in the back, and they're kind of, they got these almost like a long, shaggy hair, beards. And the guy who was driving the car was, frankly, terrifying. Uh, he had this, <laughs> one of his eyes was all black and bloodshot. He was dressed like a, a an old minister. He kind of had a bolo. And uh, he walks up and he starts apologizing. And I looked at the car and there really, you know, there's not a ton of damage to it. It really wasn't as bad as it felt. And he's like, you know, we should exchange information. And I said, man, if, if you're cool with it, I'm cool with it. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. And he's like, no, 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 I insist, I insist. And so I kind of begrudgingly went back to the car, sat down, starting to get into the uh, uh, glove box. And he said, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get my information. So he goes back to the car and I'm telling Dana what's going on. And I'm like, I don't know, the guy's being a dick. He really wants our information, even though it was his fault, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I totally told him I'd drive off, it's fine. And what all time of a sudden was this again? I mean, it had to have been like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Oh, mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, and this is, this is the middle of nowhere. It's in a, it was in a town called Friendsville, which uh, it was super scary. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that's the end creep here, yeah. Getting all this shit out of the glove box, and we both turn around because we hear one of our boxes. You know, we've got the museum all packed up in the back of the car. And we hear one of our boxes start to rattle really violently. And we're both looking at each other like, what in the world is doing that? And as we're looking back to that, I see in the rearview mirror, I see that that dude didn't go to his glove box. He went to his trunk and had popped his trunk. And those two creepy-looking dudes in the back seat were getting out of the car. And so I just said, fuck this. And I hit the gas. I mean, and it's, a, it's like a 2006 Scion, so it doesn't go very fast. Yeah. But the fastest it's ever been was that night. <laughs> because that guy was not – I don't know many people who keep all of their insurance information in their trunk. No. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we've taught – obviously, for obvious reasons, we've talked this out a billion times because when you experience something like that, you, like, sit around and talk about it for, like, days. And we think what happened was that the guy at the gas station saw our car full of stuff and basically kind of set us set up. you up. That they were basically, yeah, 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 they right. were basically going to rob us. They probably thought we were moving with all our stuff in the car or like whatever. And at the end of the day, like if they had actually robbed us, it would they would have been really <laughs> God. They would like, have been disappointed. Yeah, a car full of haunted objects. That's like the worst thing you can steal from people. But the craziest part is, we would not have known any of that happened if the shit had started rattling mm-hmm. in the back of the car. That's what, right, right. I mean, that it was, made you I mean, like it was look a matter of seconds. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe our stuff saved our lives. I don't know. Yeah, that's a fucking, that's a freaky story. That's like a brush with, with you know, danger that's even more frightening than, like, encountering a ghost. Because like, that's, oh, that's yeah. how you end up a ghost. People, People are scarier are than scarier. any ghost. <laughs> Absolutely they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I was thinking that as you were telling the story. I was like, oh, I bet that guy fucking, like, set them up and called his buddies to yep. be like, oh, we're on these guys. For sure. Yeah. God, yeah. Uh, That's one of those, like, 
Yeah, see, that's the kind of thing that would keep me up at night, just in the sense of like, I always, I would always sort of wonder like, what, would, what would have happened if I hadn't <laughs> run away, even though it would have been like terrible. It would have been, you Absolutely. know, I would like obsess over it. Yeah. Or it's like, well, Jesus, I, I, would I I've sur- the, how, how would I have handled myself in this? <laughs> like, thank God I got away, but what if, listen, like, send, what I'll if I did the map? I still have it. <laughs> if you want to go check it no, out for I'm yourself, good. Tim, you, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any haunted objects to help me out. <laughs> so I'd be, I'd be screwed. You can, you can borrow the sword if you want. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Now, let's get into the Billy thing, because you uh, – specifically this 3D project. Now, is the, the 3D project involved with the initiative? This is, like, lost here. Oh, no, this is different. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll bigger, we'll, crazier thing. All right. I'll get you to try and tease us with info on that in a minute, but let's talk about the 3D project, because that's what uh, I was – looking at the other day and uh it's interesting it's really interesting the video you guys posted is like fucking crazy on a number of levels i guess talk about what this 3d project is so we can catch people up to speed and and we'll get into like this thing with billy and how weird it was well the 3d scanning initiative is kind of an extension of the overall goal of the traveling museum is to bring this type of stuff to people uh, you know, that's the reason that we travel to people. Not everyone can get to where the paranormal museums are, which is in, you know, New England, and there's a new one in Vegas. There's very few of them. So in, in this effort to try and bring this stuff to as many people as possible, we thought that it would be really neat to start an online database of uh, haunted objects, uh, haunted, cursed, paranormal significant, whatever. And we would start with all of our artifacts and then start to extend this to other museums and basically have a big online museum where people can manipulate these artifacts in 3D space. They can read about them. Basically, it's just a virtual museum. Uh, so that's right. how this all started. But as we started to do this, um, we noticed that it was – I mean, we should have anticipated it was going to be a much more interesting and, and difficult process than we have anticipated because, like, for example, the first guy who was going to do all of our 3D scanning, I mean, he's he has, like, a professional, like, $10,000 3D scanner that's used to make, you know, military-grade replacement parts and stuff. He yeah. was on board. Uh, we were going to pay him, you know, per, per artifact. He's going to give us 3D files. And eventually he did a little bit of research and found out that the stuff was supposed to be haunted and immediately dropped out of the project. He, I mean, wow, and I mean, he wasn't—he wasn't cheap either. That's the crazy part. Like it was—it would have been an easy, you know, an easy money for him, but he dropped right. out. Said, "I don't know uh, how I feel about scanning these things." So then we had to go and you know try and find other people to do this. And eventually, uh, you know, we we found a friend of ours who had all the equipment. Uh, so we started to do this this three scanning, and turns out, <laughs> a lot of these artifacts don't seem to want to be scanned. Uh, either because they just don't want uh, to be digitized or they, uh, they can't be digitized or they don't understand what's going on. And Billy, you know, the idol, uh, he was actually the very first thing we tried to scan. And he, I mean, it, it, I've never seen so many problems. We would stop uh, in the middle of trying to scan him and go, there's got to be something wrong with the calibration on here. So we would go and we'd try and scan like an action figure or a kid's toy, and they would scan just fine. But every time we'd go to him, every time we'd get to his face, 
there would be what looked like a shield popped up in front of his face. Like he did not want it. Yeah, yeah. You can see it. uh, You guys have a YouTube thing, and people can see exactly, you know, because I'm sure people, like, listen, are like, "Eh." you can see the fucking thing. Like, they have a video of them trying to scan it, folks. It's really, that's what blew me away, you know, because I'm one of those people that's like, I am like that kind of sometimes when I hear a story where I'm like, "Eh." but this thing was like, you can see the fucking thing. Yeah. yeah, you can see. That's what I love about what you guys are doing, because you can see, you know, you can actually see this is happening. Did it? Did anything, like, feel, like, did you try, did you put your hand near it or anything to see if it felt like, could you feel anything in this energy? No, not really. I mean, it, it, that's what was so strange about it, is because we tried, to, we tried to figure, you know, a lot of 3D scanners have problems with reflections, and they have problems with, you know, different colored artifacts. So we would try and recreate it the best we could, and we just could not get it to happen. It was only around his face. He just did not want yeah. his face scanned. And, mm-hmm. and, and eventually we thought, we thought well, I, we're ready to tear our hair out because we'd spent a literal day, like 24 hours, trying to get this done. And, you know, we'd start from a different angle. We'd do everything. We'd use different software. Uh, we'd update drivers. And finally, just, you know, in frustration, I said, well, let's do an EVP session and let's put a recorder out. And, I mean, you know, Billy is one of our most active artifacts in the museum, which is why we started with him. He's, he's very talkative in EVP sessions. And we just asked him, you know, what, why won't you let us do this? Is there something you need? Do you understand what we're doing? And, I mean, you can hear his response. He, his response was actually, you know, why won't, we let, why won't you let us scan your face? And he says, that's mine, fucker. Is it going to hurt me? And then he, he said, I don't want to be scanned. And so we ended up sitting down with him, and we kind of took turns and said, you know, this is what we're doing. We're doing this so that we can bring you to more people. We're not trying to replace you. That's not what we're trying to do, and this is how it works. And then and the, as soon as that conversation was done, we started again, and boom, we got a clean scan. Strange. I think you guys are ready to be parents. That sounded like you're telling your firstborn kid, we're not going to replace you. We just, you know, yeah. want another kid. <laughs> Relax, Basically, it's Billy. Like the same version of, like, convincing your kid to go to the dentist. <laughs> it's like we have right, to yeah, exactly, yeah. have a conversation. Except in this case, you know, you're, we're, we're promising the kid uh, an offering of rum and tobacco. Rum and tobacco, Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that was the crazy part about the video, too, that I thought, like, it was almost like, maybe I'm not as familiar with this, with the Billy Idol as, as uh, well, clearly I'm not, based on the video, but it's like, I didn't realize you had such success with EVPs with this thing. It's like, almost like you buried the lead in a way in the video, because as I'm watching it, I'm like, wait a minute, the doll fucking talks? Like, where <laughs> did this come actually- from? It's pretty funny because we didn't think about that when we were doing the video. Uh, And and the video was something that originally it was just something meant for uh, museum members. So it was kind of being an internal thing for people who already kind of understood and had met Billy and seen Mm -hmm. where he's been. But when we first got him. I was just going to say there, most of the people who originally saw the video were already sort of familiar with Billy and, and some of his, some of the activity associated with Billy. When, yeah, when yeah. we first got him, he, uh, 
he would only scream in these EVP sessions. And, I mean, it, it will eventually – I mean, these videos are all available uh, for people who are members of the museum, but we'll make this stuff public eventually. Um, he, he just screamed. I mean, that was all that you would get. You would just get this guttural, weird scream that freaked everybody out. I mean, people who had been paranormal investigators for 15 years would listen to this and be like, I've never heard anything like this before. And – uh, eventually, as we kept working and working with him, he would start to say words, and then he would start to say people's names that he'd met before, and he started to develop sense of, of humor, and he would be sarcastic in these things, and there's full sentences. It's as close as we can get to having a conversation. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. it, it doesn't happen all the time, and there's a lot of things he won't answer, like he won't tell us what his name is, he won't tell us where he's from, uh, but as far as objects go, we've never experienced anything like this as far as communication goes. It's really, really wild. Yeah, yeah it seemed pretty wild to me. I was like, holy shit. Like, what? Like I said, I was like, what? Where is, where is this thing? Now it's talking? This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, our normal these days is pretty crazy. It, it's funny yeah. to have these conversations. <laughs> and, and it feels so run-of-the-mill these days. Uh, and you're talking to somebody who doesn't know what's going on, and they're like, are you insane? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if I would, like, I, I'm sure I, I'd probably take a liking to the thing, like, just, you know, I, I'm saying now, I'm like, oh, I, I probably, probably couldn't even be around it, but for me, it'd probably end up being like Ted, like that movie Ted, for it just be like... <laughs> well, listen, the, the next time we're out your way, we'll introduce things. you to Billy, and I'm sure you'll be fast friends. <sighs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, we both like tobacco, so that's a start. We have that in common. There you go. So, yeah, we have a we have a, a kicking off point for discussion. But yeah, that's just super. <laughs> now, what other tests? I saw you did like some kind of. I think it was an MRI, but I might be wrong. But a test on a Dybbuk box or something like that. Uh huh. We did. Yeah. Test? Well, we so we were given a Dybbuk box or a quote unquote Dybbuk box. Um, to research for a couple months. And um, there was a lot of activity kind of associated with the box before we received it, and and it was documented. And so we were kind of prepared to uh, experience some of the same activity. Um, So one of of the things we really wanted to do, because, you know, like there are specific ways to make a Dybbuk box. And and so we obviously wanted to kind of be able to verify that some of the same things that are in traditional Dybbuk boxes were inside of the one that was given to us to research. So one of the things we did, because obviously the lore around Dybbuk boxes is that you can't open them. We decided. Yeah, tell me, yeah, can we. do a, do a thumbnail on a Dybbuk box for people who don't know what we're talking about, because I just realized, like, halfway through that, I might not know what I'm talking about. So what's, what, what, what's, the, what's the skinny on a Dybbuk box? So traditional Dybbuk boxes were used to hold, uh, to contain a demon or a negative entity. And um, so basically it's kind of like a genie. Like, you put it in the box, and that's, that's where it stays. And so most, of, mm-hmm. most often they have wax covering them or chains, um, they contain things like mirrors, and um, so when we received this box, it, it kind of had some of the, the you know, the right kind of details. Um, so obviously we, we thought, okay, well, what's the next best thing from opening it? You know, we'll get an MRI done to it so that we know exactly what's inside of it. And, you know, we can kind of go around the potentially opening something that's dangerous. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, we had this MRI done, and we were able to kind of identify what was actually inside the box. And um, 
that and and you know kind of again continue documenting a lot of the activity that's surrounding it. Well, can you? It sounds like you don't want to tell us what was in the box. What's in the box? <laughs> what's, what was? What, what was in? Give me a teaser. What's in the box? Because uh, <laughs> now you you've piqued my interest here. I can't. We can't necessarily tell you what exactly was inside of it because um, it'll eventually come out. We will. We'll be able to kind of share with everybody what was inside of it. We. Again, we have a lot of really great uh, footage of everything that's inside of it. But, but what I can tell you is what was inside of it was not what we expected to find inside of the box. Okay, fact, but there was the something inside the box? The box? Oh, yeah. There, yes, there, yeah, absolutely. The way that we've kind of been tiptoeing around it until we're able to say what's in it is, uh, you know. Have you told anybody to yet? Uh, only the people who let us research it, Yeah. Oh, okay, so this um, isn't like something that's behind a paywall on your site or anything, right? No, 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 no. This is this is. Oh, okay, uh, all right. All right. I thought this was like for a members-only thing where it was like, just fucking tell us, <laughs> they'll sign up. No, right, no, yeah. no, it's 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 uh, it is actually pretty well under wraps. Um, and part of the reason is the the people that gave it to us, uh, they actually invited us back to kind of you know settle the idea with this thing, and they videoed all of it, and they're going to release that next year. And it was a really strange case because we hadn't dealt with anything specifically like this before. Um, there had been things that were similar, but this was volatile in a way that we couldn't have anticipated. And it was actually yeah. – it turns out that what was in the box was much more dangerous uh, and harder to control than just going like, well, we'll just get a priest in to exercise this thing. It didn't work like yeah. that. So, it, yeah, that's wow. about as much as I can say. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> That's spooky. Well, I like but what you guys are doing because you're oh, – go ahead. I was just going to say you'll be able to see kind of everything that happened with it um, sometime next year. So you all the information will be out there. And it's, it's again, like right. Greg said, it's a lot weirder than what we actually thought it was going to be. Well, it's, yeah, it sounds pretty, pretty weird and interesting. Well, what I like is that this and the uh, – and the 3D thing, like you guys are trying to apply some different, you know, scientific things to these objects and stuff that's beyond just like, uh, I mean, I don't, I, you know, having a psychic hold it or something like that, which you do anyway, but you know what I'm saying. Like right. you, guys are, you guys are trying some new techniques, which I like a lot. Well, I mean, there's enough people out there who are, who are using traditional techniques. I mean, there's it, oh, you yeah. seriously can throw, throw a stone and find five ghost hunting teams in a single town. And they all pretty much do things the same exact way. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's an established method that these teams have come up with. But when you've got all those people doing that, I mean, the sense of us doing the same exact thing, like, you know, that's what's the point. So we might as well try things that uh, are new and, and you, hopefully we're innovating and hopefully we're giving people ideas on how to research the paranormal in new ways using new technology and, and new techniques and, and a lot of old techniques that have been forgotten. Now, have you ever x-rayed any of these things? Because part of me with the Billy thing was wondering if, like, maybe there was, like, a magnet in its head or some shit, you know? See, Billy, it's interesting. He's one solid piece of wood. Because we thought about that too, yeah. and there's 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 no seams. He is just one solid piece of wood. There's no plugs, nothing. Um, we we could actually go and get an MRI the same way, uh, but yeah. I have a feeling we wouldn't really find anything because uh, we've tried a million times. Yeah, he's just one solid block, and you know we 
that's one of the things that we like to show people with them. You know, they can pick him up, they can hold him, they can move him around. And, you know, he's probably, we, we actually took him to uh, a professor of African studies uh, at the museum in San Diego earlier this year. And he was baffled by him because he said, uh, I've never seen the kind of markings that he has on him. Uh, I don't know what part of West Africa he's from. That's as far as I can go because he has all these different, uh, these different features from different cultures in West Africa. So the only thing he could tell us was that he's, his eyes and markings are ivory, and he's probably a few hundred years old. Yeah. Very weird. Now, what about when the you said psychics have held uh, have held this little creature or this little guy? So, what what do they say when? Uh, what kind of insights have they provided? Well, uh, a lot of them say that he's clearly not of this world. Uh, he's not somebody that was ever human before. Um, some people seem to think that he's stuck, but most of them seem to believe that he's staying around because we've allowed him to. Uh, he's, he's growing, he's changing, and a lot of that is because of where we're taking him and who he's meeting and, and how we're working with him. And uh, Yeah, you're, like, you're just, like putting energy out there. It's just, you know, as woo-woo as it sounds to some people who were lame. It's like you're, you're putting energy into this thing. Right. You know, and so I, I think there's energy. something to that. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the one thing that they can all agree on is that he has a bigger purpose, and he's slowly working towards it. And it's interesting because we've noticed the people that he's sort of connected with, they automatically, they know that there's something going on. Uh, it's almost as if he's choosing people for some reason. Yeah. And we don't really know exactly what that is yet. So <laughs> we're strapping in and hanging on because it could get stranger. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird. Yeah, you wonder what would happen to those people if they if they had caught you. What they what would have become of them having all these haunted objects? It's like, oh my god. Yeah. No. I mean, the crime scene analysis it, would have been interesting true. in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, or like <laughs> even if you even if like the cops if they just beat you guys up and the cops tied you up and the cops find you like they stole a bunch of haunted shit from us, man. It's like good luck. <laughs> Good yeah, luck really. telling the Friendville PD that story. They'd be like, <laughs> yeah, all right, right you, like, you kids. I feel like it would have all eventually ended up back with us anyway because <laughs> they probably wouldn't have been <laughs> happy with what they got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would have been – I think I agree. They would have, like, showed up at your place, like, six months later and been like, take this, we're sorry. Uh, yeah, Like a perfect, exactly. like, Tales from the Crypt episode. Right. <laughs> Now, when you were out here, where did you guys go to? Because I don't go to many things here, so maybe there's some haunted shit I could check out in New England uh, that I that I missed. What have you What have you experienced out here? Oh my goodness, we've been we spent some time in Salem. Obviously, Salem's pretty haunted. Did you like we Salem? Were, where it's all right. It's 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 be honest, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty touristy. It is really touristy, but it's beautiful. And I mean, it's kind of got a fun history and it's, it's worth getting the chance to see at least once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting city. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like probably <laughs> the closest thing to like Austin they have in Massachusetts. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of <laughs> like a, it's the most alternative sort of place where people, you know, if, if you want to, run away from your family in Brookline, you go to Salem and 
That's where, you know, that's where you can let your freak flag fly. We did spend uh, the weekend in um, a big haunted hotel, the Mount Washington Hotel, and that place was wild. A lot of strange yeah, yeah. going on there. Not just ghosts, but, you know, they've got Bigfoot stuff going on in the woods. Lots of, got yeah. A, got to take a bunch of ghost hunters Bigfoot hunting when we were up there. That was pretty fun. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, Bigfoot. Now, let me see what I had on yeah, yeah. Well, you were on that show talking about how you thought big, doing the paranormal Bigfoot. That was pretty groundbreaking in a way because uh, most of these shows don't even get into that shit. So what was no. – talk about that uh, experience and did you get much – what really interests me is sort of like what kind of feedback you might have got from the show. <laughs> Cause so, you oh, know, people get really pissy the, about that shit. The, the people on Finding Bigfoot are uh, – 110%, it's a lost ape, it's a flesh and blood creature. Uh, despite the fact that no one can seem to find any solid evidence of them, aside from footprints, you know, they're very serious about that, which is the whole reason they had us on the show anyway, because they were, the actual cast, they really refused to touch it with a 10-foot pole. So they had to bring us in as another team who could research it. So that yeah. was pretty fun. Um, you know, they saddled us up with Bobo, who was far more open to those types of ideas. And it was really hilarious because we kept trying to tell him, no, man, it makes sense. Listen to this. You know, there's, that's why there's only footprints. And they're like, well, ghosts don't leave footprints. I was like, no, putting baby powder on a floor and waiting for the footprints to show up is one of the oldest ghost hunting tricks in the book. Poltergeists can yeah. move stuff. They can throw stuff. They can affect matter. Uh, you know, that's why the photos are always blurry, because they're just like ghost photos. That's why there's strange lights associated with them, just like ghost photos. There's no conclusive poop. There's no there's no hair. None of that stuff. It's because what we're looking for is a ghost of something that's stopping around out there. People just don't normally pay attention to normal ghost footprints because they look like ours. So as much sense right. as they made, you know, they, it, it was funny to go out on a, a Bigfoot hunt with them in a place that was an old haunted ghost town in California and then immediately see the green flash in the sky, have the entire crew freak out and go, what are we seeing? We're like, you're seeing exactly what we're telling you. You're seeing a precursor to a paranormal event, and tonight's going to be crazy. And sure enough, it was crazy. They, the producer even told us, he's like, we've never had this many camera problems in, in the entire run of the show. Uh, batteries were draining like crazy. Things were acting up. They, time codes were erasing. And I was like, I can tell you exactly what's happening. This happens to ghost hunters all the time. There's some kind of weird electromagnetic interference happening here because Bigfoot's a ghost, and we've acknowledged that. But yeah, not, I mean, it's you know, an interesting not really theory. The I, I show. Yeah. Well, I I don't discount it. Let's put it that way. I don't discount it because when people talk about interdimensional Bigfoot, that's like. You're pretty much pressing up against ghost territory. Anyway. I mean, so here's like... the thing. It, it really is the same kind of idea. It's just that for, for, for normal people, saying, you know, Bigfoot's an interdimensional creature, that makes you sound completely fucking nuts. But if you go, no, Bigfoot's a ghost, people are more comfortable with that. You have to massage these kind of crazy ideas into their brain, and then they can kind of understand the direction you're going with it, which is why, you know, instead of looking like complete nutcases, we can just look like nutcases who believe in Bigfoot and ghosts, which are a little more palpable. Right, right. Well, it's interesting, yeah. I'm obsessed with Bigfoot, so it's, uh, I, I, I doubt, like I said, I definitely give your idea a lot of thought because 
like I said again, it's an interdimensional thing. It's the same as fucking ghosts, folks. It's not really that different. Like, we don't really even know exactly. what interdimensional means. It's just a catch-all, like, mm-hmm. phrase to mean, like, not on, not in our physical plane, which is essentially what a ghost is. So right. it's entirely possible. And since we don't know what the Bigfoot is or had been, we wouldn't, you know, they, they say there's ghost animals, so it would make sense. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, why couldn't there be a ghost of, a, of an ancient, you know, pre- pre-human wandering around out there stomping around. I don't know. It, it makes just as much sense to me as something that's really, really good at hiding seek. Yeah, that would be interesting because, yeah, you hear about, like, Revolutionary War ghosts, but it's like, what about a ghost of a caveman? I haven't seen that, heard of that yet, but who knows? Well, Maybe in other, no but in other parts of the world. Of the I mean, but there's yeah, an aspect of, of ghosts cave. that... that I think we kind of miss is, and that's the fact that a lot of these ghosts are showing themselves to us in the way that we expect to see them. You know, I know that people have talked about that kind of thing with, you know, UFO sightings and how they've changed over the years, depending on, you know, what pop culture relevancy there is at the moment. But I think ghosts work the same way, which is again, why we've never seen naked ghosts, you know, people don't expect to see them naked. So I think right. the idea that, all of a sudden, you know, over the last, you know, 40 years, Bigfoot has really blown up, especially now. You know, he's advertising Jack Slink's jerky. He's, he's everywhere. Oh, yeah, Bigfoot's huge. Festival. Yeah, so that's why people are seeing him more is because we're kind of manifesting him into the collective consciousness. And, he, you know, that kind of entity is able to be seen a lot more that way because more people are giving it power and energy. That's, you know, that's kind of where we're at anyway. And Dana, you on board with the ghost theory? Or are you I just let Greg, I mean, I, just, it's just sort of like his bailiwick and you just let him go with it because, you know, it's better my, than arguing about my, it. My kind of view Here he goes is, on the ghost oh, thing again with the Bigfoot. <laughs> I think it's just a thought form. I think that, I, and I'm not saying that I don't think that he ever existed, but I think that kind of, you know, the Patterson-Gimlin footage really pushed Bigfoot into kind of being this pop culture phenomena. And, uh, you know, I, I realized that, like, Bigfoot has kind of been a part of many different tribes and many different parts of the world for, for a long, long time. But I think that with the recent kind of, like, obsession with Bigfoot, again, like, talking about manifesting him, I really do think that he's a fault form. And I think it explains away certain things like lack of physical evidence. Uh, you know, there's no scat. There's no hair. There are, but they're, they come back inconclusive. Um, but uh, other things that are even more interesting that often kind of get tossed out in the Bigfoot community, which is stuff like footprints that just disappear or Bigfoot kind of popping in and out. So they'll see him and then all of a sudden he kind of is completely gone. I think that, yeah, you know, and like again, people shoot him. Ghosts. There's lots of story. There's lots of stories about people yeah. shooting. It's like one of those things. Like, why hasn't anyone shoot him? It's like, well, there's fucking got to be at least two dozen stories of people who shot Bigfoot. Like it never, yeah, absolutely. it doesn't work somehow. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah. I mean, thought form is really, it's pretty much exactly the same as saying a ghost, but I kind of just think that it has more to do with, again, the, the fact that Bigfoot has become such a massive part of kind of our, like we were talking about our kind of collective consciousness that we're really just kind of manifesting in. Yeah. Um, shit, I lost my train of thought. Someone in the chat room posted, oh, no. Don't say, oh, no. That doesn't even, yeah, jeez. You know, how do I know what oh, no means? It's like, gee, are you okay? Did you spill your coffee on yourself? Like, it's not my problem. <laughs> Ch- distracting chat- chatter. Jesus. 
Chris Pinio. I went to high school with the guy, too, so I can't even really talk too much shit about him. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, what the hell? We were, ta- we were just sexual Pinio, you pain in the ass. We were just talking, oh, uh, I lost my train of thought on the Bigfoot, so we might circle back around to that. But uh, tell me about this big, uh, This you guys did one of my bucket list moves uh, like a month ago, actually, because you went down into the Bermuda Triangle on a cruise ship, um, which is like a double-edged sword because I'm terrified of <laughs> cruise ships for reasons we can get into some other time. But uh, you went into the Bermuda Triangle. So tell me, I mean, you know, like I said, bucket list thing for me because I was a kid from the 80s, so it's like Robert Stack. Dude, that was a, that was a bucket series. list thing for us, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Uh, our, our friend Amy Broody, who a lot of people might know her from Kindred Spirits and Ghost Hunters, she has a, uh, a paranormal travel company that kind of sets up these fun excursions for weirdos like us. It's called Strange Escapes. And one of them was uh, a really – it was a great – it's a great idea because it's a paranormal crew on a haunted cruise ship that went from uh, Salem down through the Bermuda Triangle to Bermuda and back. And, uh, you know, so the idea of getting a bunch of ghost hunters on this ship that's bound for, you know, a, a mystery spot of, of magnificent proportion, you know, and a bunch of haunted objects on board, great idea or worst idea, but at least – everyone will go, you know, <laughs> they'll all go together. But it was, it was crazy because we actually, you know, Dane and I went, we took some time down the, in a triangle to go out wreckage hunting, and we found some old wreckage that had kind of sunk to the bottom of this, this cove, and we brought some of that home with us from the museum, and uh, we were even given a really crazy haunted artifact while we were in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. Somebody gave us uh, a vial of graveyard dirt from Baxter's Grove Cemetery and said, you know, I ran this recorder all night because there was, there was stuff going on. So while we're in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle, foggy as all heck, we listen to this terrifying recording, and it's just this thing. The woman who gave it to us, her name is Linda. It's this thing for 40 minutes. It's a voice-activated recorder, too, while she's sleeping. It's sitting there going, hey, Linda. Hey, Linda, Linda, wake up. Hey, Linda, over and over and over again. And uh, so now that. And this is, was recording the collection. From, of the dirt? This is the recording of yeah, the dirt? What, what, I'm confused by whatever is attached, the dirt part. Attached to the dirt, whatever is attached to this graveyard dirt, uh, that she, you know, the stuff didn't start happening until it was in her house. And she, she brought this, this graveyard dirt in, and then she realized she was sleeping terribly. Uh, she could hear somebody moving around her room at night, so she set this recorder out and got all these terrifying recordings. And then as soon as she gave Jesus. it up, it all stopped. But now the fun part is we'll do recordings next to this vial of dirt, and now the EDPs say, hey, Greg, hey, Greg. So oh it's my the God. most annoying ghost in the world. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's just weird. Was this like, what's the story with this graveyard she got it from? Well, Bachelors Grove is one of the, like, considered one of the most haunted cemeteries in the country. It's uh, just outside okay. of Chicago. You probably, I guarantee you, even if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've seen this photograph. They call it the Madonna of Bachelors Grove, and it's one of these infrared photos, and it shows a woman in a white dress sitting on a tombstone. This, this graveyard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so that's where it's from. That's creepy. 
I don't know if I, I think at some point I'd reach my limit where I'm like, I don't want any more of your shit. So stop sending uh, me your we, dirt and your. <laughs> we, uh, we're in a perfect position. People always ask us, they're like, how do you deal with this? You know, your place must be crazy. And, and, and it's, it is, I mean, it's strange. It's, you know, we have to sleep with the TV on these days because things get a little noisy, particularly around like one, one thirty in the morning. Even people, you know, we have friends over, they'll start to notice it. Uh, but yeah. for the most part, I think, I think most of the stuff, you know, we have a conversation as crazy as it sounds. We'll have a conversation every time we get something new, and we'll say, you know, listen, we, we're not going to burn you. We're not going to bind you or put you in the bottom of a shelf and a ring of salt. We want to understand you. If there's any way we can help you, we want to do that. You have a home here with us, but you just need to respect their space. And most of the stuff actually does. I think it's happy to have a space where, you know, it's, it's, people are trying to understand it. Well, what is now – tell me about – I know you can't really say much, but this is very hyperbolic and exciting, what Dana said here. I'm going to quote her on this because I was on the webpage earlier. It says, the, the initiative, which Dana says, uh, we've already got the year mapped out, and if everything goes according to plan, we have one museum project that will literally change how everyone investigates the unexplained. There's no going back after that. That's a pretty that's a pretty bold statement, Dana. So what? what uh, I know you can't tell me what can't tell me what it is, but give me some kind of idea here because I'm excited. Well, I mean, one of the things that we've been doing is really looking at some of the ways that people are investigating and thinking, again, like what we were talking about earlier, that there are new, we're looking into new ways of doing um, paranormal investigation, and that kind of involves a lot of new uh, tools, new ways of, like, actually documenting and experiencing it. So that's really part of what um, what we're talking about there is the development of uh, of new tools that are going to be very different and, and will be used very different from the ones that kind of we're using right now. We've been talking right. to brain and consciousness researchers from three different countries who are on board and helping us build uh, a, a device and series of devices uh, that are, I mean, they're, they're like medical-grade stuff. It's, it's like real stuff that has never been used before. Um, and, I mean, it really, I think, will, if it works the way that we're anticipating it works and some of the initial research shows that it will work, um, I think it will probably uh, shake a lot of people's uh, foundations of reality. <laughs> Wow. All right. See, that's what I'm talking about. Sounds interesting. <laughs> you don't so this is like a long term. This is like a long, this is sort of like your, I wouldn't say end game because that sounds dark, but that's sort of like a, a key, a key goal here you guys are working on. That's the big one. That's the big one right now. I mean, there's, there's, you know, we, we have a big plan for the museum and, and obviously a lot of the stuff that we do paranormal research wise uh, you know, it extends to other things. It extends to, you know, the idea of psychic phenomena and, and ghosts in general and, you know, UFOs and cryptozoology. But this, uh, you know, this is a big stepping stone into the direction that we're trying to move with all the research that we do. Uh, it's the culmination of really the last five years of, of things we've been doing that we've been kind of keeping on the DL and not really talking about very much. Um, it. It's, it's stuff that we have to keep close to our chest until it's, it's literally out there because it's, it's so crazy, people will scoop it up in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand. That's why I didn't want to, like, uh, 
press too much. But yeah, there's there's something to that idea that there's like the mind and the witness is the key to the, a lot of this stuff. So it's like I mean, we're always saying you know people who get more into time, that. I mean, it really is, is anything. It doesn't matter whether you're a ufologist or a Bigfoot researcher or a paranormal investigator. Ask enough people who've been doing it long enough, and they will tell you, they'll say, you know, you kind of stop using a lot of the stuff that Blinky liked after a while because you, yeah. you get a feel for it. And you're, you are the best tool that you, that you have to investigate the paranormal. So a lot of what we're doing is focusing on, you know, how do you – how do you enhance that tool to make the most out of it? Right. With, without losing right. your Right. Well, mind. yeah. Because, <laughs> well, no, yeah. Well, the, who knows? Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, you don't seem like you're losing your mind, so, you know, you seem all right <laughs> to me, but maybe I'm just losing my mind, so who knows? We haven't strapped ourselves into this device yet, so we'll let you know. Is this like a god helmet? Uh, It's, it's, a lot more than a god helmet. I mean, that's not right. in the right direction, but but think. I mean, it's it's so much bigger. <laughs> it's so much yeah. bigger, and it's never been used before. Hi there. Do you have any books on how to get rid of ghosts? Have you tried telling them you're ready for a commitment? <laughs> you're listening to Banal of America Audio. Oh, like a relationship. <laughs> exactly. That'll send them running, huh? <laughs> Oh, I like her. Uh, Here you go. Maybe this will help. All right. So, interesting. Well, uh, yeah, I'll strap into the machine. Actually, wait. No, test it on someone else first, and then I'll strap in on it and see see what happens. (laughs) I don't want to be like that guy in Napoleon Dynamite trying out the time machine there. I don't want that kind of thing to happen to me. Oh man! So where the Bermuda Triangle? So when you were in the Bermuda Triangle, did you feel anything weird? I mean, it's it's hard to like, I guess, uh, you know. Well, actually, no. Let me backpedal on this. You said you went, you went uh, wreck hunting. You're allowed to do that? Uh, whether you're allowed or not, I don't know. We I don't did. know. Yeah. <laughs> How did you do that? Did you scuba dive or something? Yeah, we just went out. We found uh, we found a cove where there was supposed to be a lot of this type of stuff, and you know, Dan and I kind of went off by ourselves, and we just started looking. And it didn't take very long to start finding stuff. Yeah, it was funny because I mean, we're we're on a cruise, right? And so uh, when you get off of the ship, uh, there's all these excursions that you can go on, and so everybody's you right, know, they're right. going to the nice private beaches and all that kind of stuff. And Dan and I just started walking and asking locals. We're like, you know, well, where should we go if we want to see this kind of stuff? And they were like, oh, yeah, don't go there. Go here. And they kind of gave us these directions. So we ended up walking like five miles and finding this cove, and there was nobody there, and there was all this stuff. So that's what we did. Yeah. Nice. I think I'd be worried about taking shit from a (laughs) – That's probably a good idea. We probably (laughs) – I was yeah, going to say, the, the, one, the one thing that's really weird that sort of I felt more than anything when we were in the Bermuda Triangle was, like, there's a really overpowering sense of isolation when you're, like, on a boat in the middle of the ocean and you know you're, like, miles and miles and miles and miles and miles away from, like, anything. 
really? Yeah. And like, yeah. You, can, you can kind of like stand on it and like look out and it's just like see forever. And it's, it's a very weird, eerie feeling, like especially at night because anything that you see is strange because you know what I mean? Like there's no lights from a city. There should be no lights under the water. So you're kind of like hyper aware of like everything that's happening around you at that time. And it's a really weird feeling to just know how completely and totally isolated you are. I mean, plus we're on a hot ship too. And so everyone's experiencing weird stuff in their cabins as it is. Oh my God. How'd you end up getting a, how'd you end up getting a haunted ship too? That's like double whammy. I mean, it was, it's funny because I think that was just a total fluke, but there, you know, when we found out that it was on the Norwegian Dawn, everybody kind of started digging and soon enough, all of these stories about all the stuff that had happened and like the different decks where people had died or fallen overboard or committed suicide, you know, I mean, there was a guy who died while we were on the ship. Mm-hmm. So Wait a minute, somebody died on the cruise? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was pretty old. A lot of old people (laughs) die on cruise ships, believe it or not. A lot of people, period, die on cruise ships. That's why I'm scared of them. They're they're lawless. They're lawless. (laughs) Oh, my God. We've done two shows on the lawlessness of cruise ships, dude. My listeners are terrified of cruise ships. Although, now, I want to go on this thing. Next year, I want oh, to go was, on it. It was so. fantastic. It was it was so much fun, and uh, you know the crowd was really great, and you know all the speakers who were there were really awesome. So it was a really great time. Um, yeah, yeah, and I it, mean like the cruise ships are another world, man. They're another dimension in and of themselves. They really are. Oh, for sure. But yeah, there's yeah. nothing better. Yeah, that would be... than looking. I was gonna say there's nothing better than looking for UFOs on a cruise ship where. You can just sit in the middle of the night on on the top part of the the boat and look out at the sky, knowing that like there should be nothing else out there. <laughs> so right. it's, it's good for that, especially. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Like I said, I'm I'm gonna try and get my talk to Amy Bruni. I can move tickets. Get her to get me. <laughs> get her to get. Get her to get me some kind of MC role. So I. So, so we'll put, in, the pocket, put in a but. good word for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Tell her I can move tickets. Don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, because it sounds cool as hell. I've always wanted to go to the Bermuda Triangle. I feel like you're 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 safe in a way because it's like it's like one of those things where it's like if the conspiracy is real, how come they don't just kill Alex Jones? It's like if the Bermuda Triangle is real, how come the paranormal people that you won't be your ship won't sink? Because yeah. We're the safe that one. would be overly com- confirming the whole thing. Now, do you want to know the part that bothered me the most about going to the, to the Bermuda Triangle and going to Bermuda? This is crazy. You would imagine that they would have, like, better tourist trinkets that recognize the Bermuda Triangle, but they really don't. They had, like, one T-shirt and, like, three or four shot glasses, and the problem was they were in Comic Sans fonts. <laughs> that was it. That was all they That's had. That's brilliant. Oh my I, god. I was so That's so because I was like, I'm gonna get all this cool stuff that says, you know, I survived the Bermuda Triangle. But then I saw the font and I was like, Oh god, I can't do it. I just I just cannot justify doing that. See, that's an idea for someone who's enterprising and also kinda lazy in a sense. Like <laughs> someone there we should go. Move to fucking Bermuda and open the Bermuda Triangle Museum. 
and you're probably guaranteed to have awesome business, and you get to live in Bermuda and just sell trinkets and tchotchkes all day. I should do that. There were like three different cruise ships that showed up while we were there. All those people would buy that stuff. Yeah. And you can have a museum where you explain, because I bet you there was nothing, was there anything like, they talk about like souvenirs and shit, but was there anything like even anywhere that sort of like commemorated the the crazy nature of the Bermuda Triangle? I saw you have a picture of that something that said you were at the tip of the Bermuda Triangle, but that looks like it was in a bar or something. Uh, that was actually in the souvenir shop with all the comics on stuff, and I, I was so tempted to be like, can I buy this? Can I buy, you've got to be able to yeah. find a place where you get more, because that's the only cool thing they had. Uh, it, yeah. it was really, really frustrating. So I, there we go, Tim. There, let's get Rick. Let's move to the Bermuda Triangle. And I, I would definitely museum. do that, yeah. Yeah, well, if you ever if you ever settle like if you ever decide to to turn the museum into a non-traveling museum, that would be the perfect place to go because it's a place that's crying we'll out for a fucking museum. No, we'll franchise it. There you go, like the Museum of the Dead. <laughs> Have you ever been to that thing? I've not, but I've I've written about it a million times in my past life. It's horrifying. It's not. Yeah, I saw it in L.A. It was like a fucking nightmare. I would not. Was it really? I don't. I, I don't want to give a bad recommendation, but it's like, uh, it like well, yeah, it's very gruesome. Rough? Yes, yes, I can, I can imagine very that. psychologically I can imagine. rough. Yeah, it starts out funny and cool, where you're like, oh, it's weird shit, weird souvenirs from serial killers and shit. That's kind of neat. And then it's like, oh, here's how a body is embalmed. And you're like, okay, that's you know interesting. But then by the end, it's like, here's just a shitload of pictures of people who killed other people or committed suicide. And it's oh, like, you like, literally just look. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and it's, it's like, it's super, you should go just for the experience of it. I, I went to the one in L.A., and it's like super, it's like in a house or some shit. So it's like super fucking cramped, which is oh. and full of people, full of people, super cramped, like very fucking creepy and I said to somebody when we left, I was like, that's easily, like, I don't even know, I must have at some point in my life seen a dead body, like, online or something, but, like, that was the most dead bodies I'll ever see and never want to see in my life. Like, I I had to have seen dozens of pictures of dead people. It was like, this is, and then, yeah, yeah, just... Rotten.com, the the experience. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or or it was it, the twelfth grade in the uh, in the middle school library. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. Like one example, I'll give you an example. It's a horrifying one. It's like the they like this lady. She killed her and her lover. Like killed her husband and cut cut him up and shit, and and then took a bunch of fucking pictures, like like oh, with the dead body and stuff. And all those pictures were, like, all, like, strewn along the wall with the story and shit. And it was like... Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And and you you just see, like... And, oh, and and the the, the only thing that made it kind of, like, slightly... You can turn off the repulsion for a second where it's like, now I'm just confused. Because she's bare-ass naked, posing with, like, the naked body that's all butchered and shit. So it's even more like, what is... Confusing. Yeah, see... (laughs) Yeah, you look like a skew at it. You're like, nah, this is so fuck. This is like fucking horror. Satan's art. Tim, did you get a murder bonus? 
<laughs> oh God, no, 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 no! I was terrified. She wasn't like particularly sexy or anything. This wasn't like a super. This is not like a super. This is the kind of person. She has the body of someone you would expect to to butcher her lover along with her uh, her husband along with her lover. You know. So, so well, hard. I, I I really don't know what that entails, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's crazy. Now, oh, maybe you can help me out. Have you been to New Orleans at all? Yeah. yeah. Is there what what? Because we're planning an excursion down there next year. What is? Is there anything that like has to be seen in New Orleans? Ooh, there's so much that has to be seen in New Orleans. There's, I mean, there's that, one shop you need to go to that isn't, it's not like the traditional, you know, it's not like Mary Laveau's Voodoo, which is all, you know, touristy crap. Um, yeah. Go to a place called Voodoo Authentica. That place is like a real traditional voodoo shop. They've got an apothecary there and everything. And uh, one of the guys who runs the place, his name is Balthazar, he's a vampire. He's an actual blood-drinking vampire we hung out with a few years ago. Uh, so go there because that place has got a bunch of stuff and it's legit. So that's one place you definitely got to do. Interesting. All right, Authentica Voodoo, something like that. Voodoo, Voodoo, Voodoo Authentica. Authentica. Yeah, that yeah. place we can't talk highly enough about that place because you know the places like you know Mary Laveau's, uh they're they're cool. They're cool to see. They're neat. But again, it's it's very much geared to the tourist. Whereas Voodoo Authentica, you know, that place can, can function in, as a museum in and of itself because it is super, super legitimate and the stuff that you're going to get there is actually made with the intention of being, you know, you want a Voodoo doll, go there, and you're going to get something that's actually made to work. It's not going to be, you know, puff paint on something that was sewed together by kids in China. Yeah. Jesus. I don't know if I want a Voodoo doll, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll get one. <laughs> Oh come on! You can get somebody. <laughs> you can get oh, I know lots of people. Do good things too. Yeah, That's true. <laughs> That's true. I believe that. Well, you know, it's yeah. Well, like you were saying earlier, you got to move. You got to keep people from being too scared of this stuff. You know, it's yeah, uh, for sure. It's Look, pretty there's amazing. A balance. There's a good balance of, of light and dark in anything that's unexplained. And I think the problem is a lot of people, they lean on the dark stuff because it's, it's much more sensationalized. But really, the idea is, you know, things aren't black and white. There's a gray area in the middle where pretty much everything lives. It's very hard to come down as a, as a you know, absolutely all of the stuff. Anything that scratches you in a haunted building is a demon. And, you know, anything that saves you from a, you know, a terrible car accident is an angel. I don't think that's quite how it works. It'd be great. It'd be easy. I think that's why a lot of people fall into that. But, you know, I don't think that's the middle of the road. No, no, no. If it was that easy, we wouldn't be trying to figure this shit out still. Be like, we Yeah, exactly. Know. There'd be no point, right? Yeah. Well, it's in, yeah. That reminds me of this. We were talking a few weeks. Uh, was it last week or a couple weeks ago? I forget. Well, yeah, with Nick. Just about how you, people talk about this UFO conspiracy. It's like I think, I think maybe the government knows what happens when you die, but they don't. That's the big secret that they don't want to tell anybody. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some government There's has a... to. Someone has to have figured it out. You know, and it's like a giant. You know, they can't tell anyone what really happened. Like fuck the UFOs. That's not even. <laughs> 
that's like well, there was a, like, a Netflix uh, movie that came out that was kind of on that same on that same note, and I, it, I we watched it, and it was actually a terrible movie, but it had such a great concept, and it was the idea that the afterlife had been proven by these scientists, and the issue was since they'd proven the afterlife, tons of people were just committing suicide because what's the point? You know it's there, so what's yeah, the point of sticking around? People are God knows, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know everything's gonna be fine. You're gonna go somewhere else. Uh, so you know maybe that maybe that's why we don't know the truth. Yeah, I we think that yeah exactly. For for like, right, it would like break the system in a fundamental exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. So we probably so. never really know, um, but it's 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 really about the the search. Anyway, that's the fun part. It's the search for this strange stuff. And occasionally, you know, my biggest argument with a lot of researchers these days is they've, they've fallen into this weird thing where they absolutely demand that they be seen as, as performing science. And the problem is everyone knows it's, it's, they, they know fundamentally we're not actually doing any science. And so you know, right. try to present yourself as some kind of a scientist who's, you know, making ghost do tricks in a lab. It doesn't happen. We're actually what we are. We're detectives. We're we're following clues and we're trying to establish, you know, whereabouts of things and we're trying to establish timelines. That's what we should be telling people we're doing, not that we're doing science. That's a problem. And it gives skeptics too much ammo. That's that's. I mean, and they're right. We're not doing science. You're absolutely right. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. I, oh, I thought about it in the way that you're saying about the skeptics, but yeah, it's like, it's a mistake to, yeah, people, they it's, over, it's there are people who really have a hang up on this shit where it's like, we're, we're a scientific ghost hunting group. And it's like, I, you know, no. they, and they say they use, no, but it's like, what does that even really mean? Like, you're not like publishing it, it, paper. Like, like, what is the definition absolutely. of science in a sense? Well, and I mean, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. It is, I hate to put it this way, but a lot of the people who are saying that, they, they have like a high school degree. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not going right. to cut it. If you're trying to, if you're trying to like, you know, uh, come up against, you know, people who are, are publishing peer-reviewed scientific papers, you're going to look like an idiot. Uh, because you're, by very fundamental basis, you're not doing science. You're, you're doing detective work. And, and when you start to look at what you're doing as detective work instead of science, it really frees you up to actually, you know, get better evidence and, and set up timelines and collect better data because mm-hmm. you realize that your your role is different. It's just as important, uh, but it's, it's but different than getting the blood. What was that, Dana? Oh, I was just going to say, and I mean, at the end of the day, really, also, I mean, you've got to think about it. There's nothing wrong with data collection. There's nothing wrong with, with uh, you're still doing something that's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. you're still collecting information. You're still, you're still compiling information that is valuable because we can look for correlations. We can look for, we can compare all of it. And at the end of the day, that's something that still is so immensely valuable, and it potentially will be even more valuable to people who can actually do science in the future. You know, so I think that like, right? I don't think that the, yeah. that that saying, you know, it's it's still a fantastic thing, and it's still something that it, it's it's great. And I think it's like Greg was saying. I think it's a, I think it's a good place for people to kind of 
go from when it comes to paranormal investigation. Look at it that way, because I think if you if you look at it that way, you'll see that what you're doing is actually a lot more interesting. Yeah. Well, anyone. This is going to sound stupid, but it it, it should uh, make sense, I guess, in the end. But it's like anyone who's doing anything is good, as long as you're not like a fucking idiot, you know. So if you're not like breaking the law or doing something. Crazy. If you're getting proactive and trying to do something, that's that's good. Absolutely. You know? but, Absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's a personality type. Like, I wouldn't, if I started up a ghost hunting group, I wouldn't like, maybe like the first few times I would do it like everybody else because that's how it's done. But it's like, if you're going to go out and do something, folks, do something like different from what other people are doing because we've already seen what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, I told you. Get weird sense. with it. <laughs> and that's that. I don't even have. I have nothing to add to that because it's, it's, it's perfect <laughs> the way you said. It. Yeah, because I mean we've seen all the other shit already. So go and, you know, I don't know if I but come up with a know, crazy I mean, idea, I would. Yeah. I think part of the issue, you know, part of the issue with a lot of the paranormal research community, I'm sure that I'm sure that this is relevant to you know the cryptozoological community and, and ufology and all that kind of stuff is. The problem is because it is, it's so far beyond the bounds of science as we know it right now, is it's very easy to it's very easy to slap a label on what you're doing and say, what I'm doing is scientific. We just don't realize it yet. And, and then, yeah. you know, foster this false sense of importance around yourself and what you're doing, even if what you're doing is so fundamentally flawed. Uh, so it's it attracts a certain kind of person, I think, a lot of the time, who uh, they they just kind of, they don't really understand the tools that they're using. They don't understand, you know, the methodology that they're using or where it comes from uh, or what they're, what they're even supposed to be looking for. Uh, so it's, you know, they it attracts, it attracts people who want to be special, I think. And, and everyone wants to be special. I understand that, but... You know, the paranormal attracts. Absolutely, the paranormal attracts those people. Because it's an easy, you know, easy to kind of just go, well, here, look at this stud finder that I have. It finds ghosts, and that's a special thing. And now I'm the the CEO of, you know, whatever (laughs) terrible acronyms ghost hunting people. (laughs) Exactly. And here's our T-shirt. So if you want to get the T-shirt, it's available on the website. So you know what yeah. That's yeah. another thing. Can I rant? I want to rant about something else. I'm going to just Go say for it. I love I cannot stand how, for some reason, we've moved in a direction, especially in the ghost hunting community, where all these ghost hunters are dressing up as paramilitary outfits. What kind of message? Oh, I never even noticed whatever. that. I said you're more. Oh is this God. Ralphie Chuckerson again? That guy is out of control. He's <laughs> Ralphie Chuckerson. The, is yeah, Ralphie Chuckerson is <laughs> SWAT thing. gear. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a real thing. They actually you know, really No, I believe you. I'm now I'm thinking of it. Now that I'm thinking of it, well, it, uh, let's be honest. It's a lot. The whole scene is is is. I mean, and anyone who's seen my Facebook profile me knows that I my picture knows that I I'm known to judge, folks. I'm known to judge. So. <laughs> but it seems it seems that like the seems like that the ghost community. This is going to get me a lot of hate mail. It, they they seem to make a lot of poor fashion choices. 
They're kind of like well, they're kind of they're kind of like a gothy a gothy paramilitary thing, like you're talking about. It's very sort of like very sort of like faux biker gang meets meets you know uh, millennial goth kid. <laughs> who's, well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people. You know, I, I dress in a particular way when I'm representing the museum. I, I often dress in a suit and I wear a suit jacket and a tie. Uh, and, and people will sometimes ask, you know, well, what? Because we'll be at these events where, you know, again, and there's nothing wrong with this. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with, you know, having a team with matching T-shirts and stuff. I do think there's something wrong with dressing like paramilitary uh, groups. But you know, matching T-shirts and stuff, it's really fun. It's cool. It shows that you're part of a team and there's unity in that. But at the same time, you know, they're like, well, why do you, why do you dress like that? And I think it, it it shows a sense of taking things seriously and saying, you know, I really do. You know, I'm trying to present myself in a very professional manner because I do, I do, do this professionally. And I take it very seriously. And then on a weirder level, imagine, imagine that you are a ghost. Whether you know that means that you're, you know, your nana who's long gone, or you're something that was inhuman and was never a person, or you're some something else altogether. And a group comes into your location, wherever you are living or existing at that time. And they're dressed like a paramilitary unit, and they're screaming yeah. and yelling and hollering for you to come out. You're probably you're going to do two things: you're either going to hide from them, or you're going to you know approach them just as aggressively as you can approach. And then you and then imagine that you're that same thing, and someone comes in and they're dressed professionally and they're speaking and just like they would talk to anybody else. I would probably interact with the people who are look a little more put together and are acting a little more put together and are speaking to me like I, I am another person. So I just think it sends the wrong message. It sends the wrong message to clients. It sends the wrong message to whatever entities are out there who are paying attention. Uh, it's not a good thing. Right, right. Well, the thing is, is like you wonder where that comes from. and it's, I think it's like an innate, need to overcompensate for the ghost because it's ghosts, you know, where it's like, what I do isn't silly. Look at me. I've got a flak jacket. It's like you're, you're ghost hunting, dude. Like, you're still ghost hunting. I don't, I, I, I don't care if you're strapped or what, man. Level, I mean, I think that that also plays an important part in why a lot of these different research groups don't work together, whether ufologists, you know, aren't talking to ghost hunters, or, I don't know, for example, if Bigfoot hunters don't want to talk to paranormal investigators, I think it's because they're, you know, it's very easy to feel self-conscious about what we do, regardless of what weird thing we're looking into. So you always kind of want somebody crazier than you. So you can always right, go, right. Well, yeah, I'm a Bigfoot hunter, but, you know, at least I'm not getting probed in the ass by aliens, you know, on the daily. Right. Exactly, yeah. And the alien people are like, hey, man, at least, uh, I don't know. I got nothing for that. But I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is everyone needs to chill the fuck out. Exactly. I totally agree, man. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I'm the most chill guy out there. That's how it is. So, but it's, it's, uh, the power, yeah, I never thought about the paramilitary part of it all. It's very, uh, interesting. Oh, well, it's thing? funny you, I know. Well, now that you mention it, like I said, I, I look, I, you know, I think about this, and it is kind of like everything's just very dark and kind of like brooding, and it's like just wear yellow, dude. Just try colors. Like, don't be. Oh, there's the same reason why, be, you know, when we do the museum, you know, we have big, bright colors. 
You know, it, yeah, it, it yeah. definitely, you know, errs on the side of being a little bit spooky. But there's a difference between, you know, being spooky and being morbid. And the problem is with a lot of these things, I really do believe that they're influenced by where, you know, the investigators' heads are at and how they're approaching these things. And even, you know, even clients who are living in these haunted houses, the more scared they are, the more fear they're seeing these things. So it's never really a good place to go. Uh, you never want to really go to that dark place because it, it will have an effect on the type of evidence that you find because you're intrinsically going to be looking for something dark. And yeah, I mean, like, interpret it all. Like, one of the things that we often will do, like, at events, if, if we're leading an investigation, a lot of the times we'll start off by saying, like, let's, let's keep it light. Let's just, you know, let's not go to the, that place. As, you know, because I, I think that a lot of the time it's sort of people's, they want, you know, not necessarily that they want to, but that it's easy for a lot of people to kind of go to take it to a dark place. So, I mean, yeah. we'll often tell people, like, you know, Try to keep things light. Don't don't start if we're doing an EVP session. Don't ask if, if they're a demon or how they died. You know what I mean? Like it's it's oh, a matter Jesus, of yeah. like you're walking into a place and you're you're attempting to communicate with something. More often than not, what you're attempting to communicate with is someone who is a, a living human being at a certain point in time. And so walking into their home or walking into the place where they're at and being like, how did you die? You know, or are you here with more? How many dead people are around you? It just makes it morbid right out of the gate. So we're often kind of like, like, yeah, like, well, I mean, one of the things Greg and I do a lot too is like, we'll ask really stupid, weird questions. Like what's your favorite ice cream? Like what movies did you like watching? Tupac or Biggie? Yeah. Like in the, Oftentimes, those types of questions that can seem, you know, sort of stupid are ones that, you know, we will get answers just because they're like a lot of the time, again, when you're going to these places, they're so sick of hearing the same questions or they're sick of hearing the same weird, morbid questions. So keep it light as much as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't earlier. I wasn't dissing on ghost hunters, believe me, because I've I've, uh, I would like to do more ghost hunts, believe it or not. But it's like I don't. I've already dealt with the fucking lunatics of the UFO world. So to me, it's like, <laughs> to, to willingly enter another world rife with lunatics is like, fool me once, yada yada. You know, see, I can't be. I see, can't. That's why you got to find the four corners and you got to have a foot in each one. You know, that middle ground, it, it's the best place to be because it lets you kind of do whatever you want. You can be friends with everybody. And you also get the benefit of being able to see all of the connections that exist between things like UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings and ghost sightings and psychic phenomena, where normally these people, you know, they're, they're so invested in whatever corner they're in, they refuse to right. look at how these things overlap. So just stay in the middle. You don't have to go, dip, you know, take a dive. Into the oh, no, I know that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that was half a joke where it's like I, I, I've already kind of experienced it in like the New England there. You know, you reach out to one group and it's like this guy fucking sucks, and you know, then he turns out you, you know, then you meet that person, they're like, hey, you so fucking asshole, and it's like, oh Jesus Christ, dude, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be involved in your weird feuds. Like, I just want to go on a oh, ghost yeah, hunt. Uh, yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter where you are. There's a, there's a feud. And it's funny. Isn't yeah, it funny it's, how. For, for groups of people that investigate things that are, you know, so far outside of the norm, having an idea that's a, just a little bit different is, is such an offensive thing. 
it's the thing that can cause such big, uh, big blow-ups and excitement. Yeah, but the weird part, too, though, is, like, it's kind of funny, because if you dig, like, deeper, too, in these... These little like microcosms are they're they're like every other sort of thing where it's always like a, it's either like about money or or or, or relationships or something you know what I mean? <laughs> where right. it's like Absolutely. it's like it's like the group didn't break up because because uh, whatever it's because you loaned him a thousand bucks and he never paid you back, dude. Like you know, <laughs> it's like you slept with his girlfriend. That's why that's why para 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 broke up. Not, not, not because fair, the fair, government. Fair. Not because the government stepped in. It's it's because you slept with Janice, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got to oh my god. Para, para, para. I should go. I should go register para 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 dot com. That's a it's, that's it's a good. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's two thirds of the way through the para listings, so it's it'll take you a while to find it. But. <laughs> It's it's memorable, it's memorable. <laughs> oh man! Now, oh, the Bigfoot idea I had rolled back into my head. Thankfully, uh, I yeah. was talking about this with Lauren. You guys may have seen this, so you're kind of more in the ghost field. But have you noticed that, like, the we talk about these ghost groups, the Bigfoot there's now like Bigfoot groups, like that didn't yeah. happen. Oh. But now there's now there's like every state has. At least one Bigfoot group, I guarantee it. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I mean, because that's, that's the new hot thing. But I think now, I think we're going to see that, you know, everything's, everything's you know, cyclical. So, you know, UFO groups, they were the huge thing, you know, back in the 50s and the 60s. You know, even in some of the yeah. 70s. And then, you know, then ghost hunting teams started to come around. And, you know, now, I think right now, Bigfoot hunting teams, it really always goes, it goes in kind of in succession depending on what is big uh, uh, as far as, like, television goes. And so right now, yeah. you know, there's a ton of shows about Bigfoot. So everybody, every Joe thinks, well, let's put a team together. We'll get a TV show and we'll film a pilot. So I think that's why you start to see those pop up all over the place. But I think, and I would bet, I would put money on the idea that within the next five years, the next big thing is UFO groups are going to come and they're going to be super huge. You're going to see a ton of UFO stuff. I think that's going to be the next, the next thing. And then that'll be around for however many years. Yeah, I think UFOs are due for a, a renaissance. They're, they've been kind of percolating the last couple of years, so it's, it's sure. kind of like bubbling well, up. Well, I mean, hey, now, now and, that uh, the guy yeah. found that mummy, is the absolute proof that, uh, you know, <laughs> down there... <laughs> Yeah, yeah I don't know what it is with these people and mummies. It's very, it's very weird. I joked on Twitter today. It's very edible. I don't know why they all, they all keep digging up mummies. Well, but, yeah, well, with all this, this is like the year of the weird UFO anniversary, so it's like they're in the news a lot and shit. But right, you know, right. UFOs are that whole field's a mess. I don't know what to I mean, make of it. It's, uh, it's they are all a mess. They are all a mess. I don't even fall. It's, I say earlier about how I don't really follow the ghost community that much. I don't know much about the Bigfoot community either, except, like I said, that these groups kind of spring up, which is interesting because it's like that's a whole different thing. They're going out into the woods and shit and <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to like communicate with Bigfoot. It's like, Jesus, this is really – but again, it's like in a way it's like the frustrating nature of the ghost hunting thing where it's like 
think I said, I think it was with you guys, it might have been with somebody else, but it was like, we have all these people going out all the time, and they don't really ever get anything that, like, breaks the whole thing open. It's like, right. more people are out looking for Bigfoot, that's even more, like, because ostensibly you should find, you know, if you're hunting for ghosts, you're, by the very definition, you're not going to get, like, you're not going to be able to shoot a ghost. So, no. but if there are people out, like, looking for Bigfoot, they should be able to get some kind of good evidence. But no, no, they, there's they, they, more people no, looking no. for Bigfoot now than probably ever. And no, there's no way we're getting anything good. They're looking for it the wrong way. I'm telling you. I, I yeah. think that, you know, if they, were, if they were looking for it as if it was a non-physical creature, you know, they would be freeing themselves up for a little more leeway with some of the weird stuff that none of them really want to acknowledge. They don't want to acknowledge that people are hypnotized when they see Bigfoot or that batteries drain when they're in the presence of a Bigfoot fighting. You know, they don't want to acknowledge that stuff, and they kind of throw that stuff to the side when I yeah. really think, I really think there's something to it. But again, hopefully what's happening is more and more people are coming to this idea that it's all connected somehow. All of this weirdness out there, whether it's lights in the sky or, you know, a poltergeist rattling your dishes or a Bigfoot, you know, Bigfoot footprint somewhere in the woods. Hopefully they're all coming to this idea that, you know, you should be a little more broader in your search because this stuff's connected. It's absolutely all connected. And I think going back to what you guys were talking about earlier, it circles back to the, the witness. Like, yeah, absolutely. I just, whatever they're experiencing, like... The answer lies in them, I think, in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. like there's just something out there well, that we're interacting with, and how the interaction plays out is is it, it dependent on, on, on the person witnessing it. Absolutely, it depends on your religious beliefs. It depends on the kind of you know the, the kind of uh, pop culture that you consume. I really do believe, and we've been saying this for a while now. You know, the longer we've done this, we've dipped our toes in everything at this point. The longer we do this, the more we realize that the paranormal is a very subjective thing. And in order to really experience it and understand it, you have to look at it in a subjective way. You need to subject yourself to it. You need to have that experience. It's very hard to remain an objective observer and understand what these witnesses are experiencing. So people should be trying to get abducted by aliens. They should be trying to, you know, experience a Bigfoot sighting or look for Bigfoot as a ghost or, you know, what, whatever other. They should be trying to develop psychic powers because when they do that type of thing, they are actually they're priming themselves to have that type of experience. And the more we can collect the data on, you know, people's personal experiences and witnesses' personal experiences, the closer we're going to get to forming some kind of a pattern that will get us closer to understanding exactly what's happening and why people are having these experiences and what is stimulating these experiences. Yeah. Well, you know, I I wouldn't have believed we'd ever figure a lot of this shit out, but it's like the world is crazier now than I ever thought it could get. So to me, just in the last year or two, it's like <laughs> I'm up for I'm up for anything. I'm, I'll believe yeah, that anything can happen now. I've made a I've been made a believer, a, a, you know. I was cynical in the past, but now I'm just like, fuck, man. The, the, they threw the rule. They threw the book out, man. Let's just see what happens to this world, because I don't know yeah. this. I I don't know this world I'm living in anymore. So, <laughs> so 
we're in the, the darkest timeline at the moment. Yeah, so if it was like somebody, you know, I know you think it's a ghost, but it's like if somebody hit a Bigfoot, I'd be like, holy shit. And, and like in the next breath, I'd be like, nah, all right, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> it was due to happen. You know, Cubs won the World Series, Trump won the presidency, someone hit a Bigfoot. This all makes perfect sense. Everything is fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Yeah. Listen, we, 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 we live with a, an African idol that talks to us at EVP sessions and helps us talk to ghosts on ghost hunts. So the, the norm, normal is, is a skewed thing at the moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? And this, I don't want to get into – I definitely do not want to get into politics at all. But it's like I think that – and I think I talked about this with Nick. It's like – the nature of the internet and shit has caused like a, a personalized reality for everyone. And it's like back right. in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, it was like there was pretty much a shared sort of common reality. And it's like now people are like experiencing life through this technological filter of information right. that has resulted in this insane like – you know, they talk about the, you know, identity politics, but it's just sort of like reality politics, where it's like everybody has a different view of, like, what is fucking but, happening but the, in the world. Isn't, isn't that super interesting that something like the Internet, we, and the Internet is, is honestly to blame for this, that, that something like the oh, Internet yeah. that was made to bring people closer together and to make the world a more tight-knit, smaller place where we all lived in the same bubble has actually had the opposite effect. Because now we're, you know, you're, you could used to, you go down to the bar, right, and you would have a conversation with people. And most of the time, all those people, they came to the same bar, and they had to talk, and they had to deal with other people's opinions, and they had to hear other people's opinions about things. And you could operate in that way. But as that bar has moved to more of a digital space, you know, it used to be, it used to be people would meet in a chat room, and still you had all these different opinions that were floating around. But now... You know, the bulk of people are meeting on Facebook. And with Facebook, if there's someone whose opinion you don't like, well, all you do is you hide their feed and then you never see their opinion again. And so people have right. sort of technology has put people into these bubbles, and all that resulted in is people getting more and more extreme because things like Facebook and Twitter, those types of places, they, they end up becoming a, a bubble and that's where most of these people have their, their interaction with other people. So they automatically assume, well, everybody thinks like I do. They have to think mm-hmm. like I do. So right, right. you meet someone who has been bubbled in that other complete opposite end, all it results in is like, holy shit, this person is, is absolutely crazy. I can't believe they don't think like I do. Where's this for? Yeah, yeah, from? yeah. So it's strange that yeah. the technology has had that weird effect where now – you know, you don't have to pay attention to other people's views if you don't want to. It's, it doesn't have to be a part of your life. You just basically filter them out. It's like that fucking Black Mirror episode where you just block somebody in real life. That's next. Yeah. Well, you know, that's it's crazy. Yeah. It really is mind-blowing when you sort of break it down, pull the camera back far enough to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, like yeah. society's getting really fucked up by this. <laughs> Like, and, and there's well, no way to stop it, the, dude. <laughs> like, it's well, very fucking the way, weird. The way to stop it is to make sure that we all actually are communicating with each other again. We're not doing that. Oh anymore. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's absolutely. You know, well, again, that's, that's yeah, there's a way to middle. stop it, but 
it's never going to happen. God, too far gone. Right. The problem, the problem right, right. is now we're, we're at the point where we have to shake the etching sketch again, <laughs> and, and I'm afraid of how that's going to happen because right, know, exactly. To, no, I totally. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's it, it's a really weird and, and frightening time that I think illustrates more and more why the middle is so important and that middle is disappearing very quickly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because you're being forced to take sides and shit, or else people like fucking then they get on your case for not. Having an opinion on yeah. this, that or the other there's, thing, there's, yeah. But, but even further than that is, I think you know we we're we're all you know. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely guilty of it. I'm a I'm a tie people from my Facebook feed, you know, half a dozen. Oh times yeah, dude. I, 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 I yeah, I I wield the ban hammer with like surprising <laughs> yeah. ease. Yeah. So it's I mean that we're already we're already too far gone. I, I don't know you know unless something like you know Facebook, which is the biggest. You know, it's the biggest social media platform by wide margins. Unless that disappears, uh, I mean, frankly, it'd probably be best for society if it did. But it's not us. And we're just going to get more and more. We're going to get more and more drawn apart. Yeah, yeah. Unless like there's some earth-shattering event like that, people, you know, can rally around. But bring on the alien invasion. Yeah, an alien invasion or an asteroid or some shit where it's like, I I don't agree with you politically, but we can agree, fuck that asteroid. <laughs> or so, proof of life you know. after death, and then nothing matters. What's that? Or proof of say? life after death. When proof of life after death where nothing matters. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would turn, that would turn it into like a, a – like not a dystopia, but like a nightmarish utopia. Like if you were, yeah, saying, if you could, yeah. if you could avoid the crazy people, it would be a great world. Like, but there'd be just, yeah, yeah. See, the thing is, like, a million people think we're crazy too. So, you know, no, yeah. Well, let me well, rephrase that. The, the murderous people. Yeah, the, I was, the, was going to say, murderous well, people. Yeah, none of us are are actively murdering people. Hopefully, <laughs> I feel like that yeah. might be a little different. Because yeah, they were like, yeah, you don't, you know. When you die, you just go to another dimension. You don't have to actually, like, pay for any of the shit you do. It's like, how many people yeah. just, like, murder their boss or whatever? It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, God, I know. So, I know. Yeah. The flimsy thread we're all hanging on. It's like The Purge. That movie, The Purge. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I had any... We're near the end here, so let me just see if I had any other... Uh, oh, I wanted to ask you about this, actually, because this is kind of like... This, like, blew my mind, and I tried to get the word out about this story, but it didn't seem to, like, I don't even know what else you could do about it, but I would have liked to have seen other people follow up on this. So what is this fucking story with this company that claims that they uh, that they do oh, haunted yeah. houses? This, I thought, yeah. was some serious good uh, work on your part, um, getting this story out there, and it was like, it, I, like I said, I tried to get the word out myself. <laughs> Through uh, through coast to coast, but it was like it's still kind of a blip on this thing. It's like how prevalent is this? How big is this company? What is the story with this company? Like, are they are they doing this for like corporate gigs, or are they actively like like actively you know uh, fooling well, people? They, I say frauding. Well, that's not a word, but you know what I mean. They they claimed that they were actually being hired by uh, famous. Haunted locations, like big so, events, famous haunted locations, big events companies. 
that guy. Yeah. I mean, we should just step back in and, and, and say what it is. There's this, there's this guy. Yeah, let's, let's, let's debrief guy. people on this story. Yeah. There's this dude, a special effect guy. I think he's out of, he's out of Louisville. I think he might be Lexington. Um, yeah. He's in Kentucky. And he, you know, we found out that there's this, this website. He's a special effect dude. And one of the services that he lists on his website is he he says he claims that he can uh, he can simulate the effects of an actual haunting uh, place, and that's everything down to making people feel sick to their stomach. Um, yeah, just showing you know visual hallucinations, uh, ghosts, all this kind of stuff, and he can do it undetected. And he has a small team that he goes into these places and does it with. So we reached out to him to do an interview with the guy, and he's dead serious. Well, did he? Could he like back it up that he's done it at these places at all? Because that's just like that is defrauding well, people he, in a way. It's kind he of he obviously he he wouldn't give us a list of his clients because I mean for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Unfortunately, so but I mean he did he, tell he, us a well, few places. He gave us a few names of places where he claims to have done it before. And I mean the interesting thing is, you know, he, he did it off the record, but. The interesting thing is, a lot of those places, they already have, if you search them out and you look, they already have a reputation for people who kind of think something fishy is going on here, something that doesn't, doesn't really add up. But yeah. this guy claims he's doing it on a regular basis so much that he's had to actually hire out other people, almost franchising the thing, to do it because Jesus. business is booming. And, I mean, in, 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 you know, right now, I mean, it's, there are tons and tons of, of paranormal events all over the place. I mean, you know, Dane and I, we're, we're on the road three weeks out of a month usually doing Oh, yeah, for sure. Places. Follow so your there's, adventures. There's no shortage. Years. Yeah, there's no shortage of these types of events, and they're happening all over the place every single weekend. So, you know. I think there was, the like, somebody listed it last weekend because it's summertime, too, I think. Somebody listed it on uh, – Lauren Coleman, like, put the list up last week. There was, like, six events throughout the country last weekend. Oh, yeah. Six Absolutely. different paranormal and, events. And all of the people that are going to these events, they are they're not just anticipating, but in most cases they're expecting to have some kind of paranormal experience. So a lot of people feel pressured to provide that to them. And, and when that happens, you have something, you know, like this guy who can come in here and allegedly he's able to to make those experiences happen. And, I mean, you know, a big issue with that is if these places have plausible deniability, you know, they've got these groups coming in. And, you know, a lot of these people, I, I, and a lot of the time I feel bad because they're going in, they're a ghost hunting team, and they've, you know, put a whole bunch of money together. A lot of these places cost a 1000 bucks to investigate for the night. And they've pulled their money, and they've gone there, and they've, they've gotten all this evidence, and they want to go and post it, and they want to share it, and they're really proud of it. But then this story comes out, and you have to wonder, well, is, is this guy or somebody? Because if he's out there doing it, other people have to be doing it. Right, and right. To yeah, to me it was like, when I read out. your story, I was like, this is fucking scandalous, dude. Like, why, why you know, it it didn't seem... That that should have been like, I was blown away by it. I, so kudos to you guys for uncovering this story because I was like, this is like I said, I'm like this is fucking scandalous. Like, what the fuck is this? Who is who is doing this? Well, this is bullshit. You know, people people should be more ghost people should be more pissed off. It's like I would be wicked pissed. 
But no one, I guess you don't want to be, yeah. They don't want to think that they've got to throw away all the evidence that they've collected at the state. Right, right, yep. Because, you know, I think that's part of it. It's a hard. I think it, yeah. They're like, they wouldn't fool me. That's probably the whole, that's probably what (laughs) the majority (laughs) of them said. But see, you actually, you put a really great, you know, you just hit the nail on the head where a part, another part of me thinks if these people were such good investigators in the first place, they would have already figured out that somebody's messing with them. They would have been able to figure right. this out because they would be doing their job. They would be investigating. So, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of I think that's what the guy was saying in the uh, in your interview with him, where mm-hmm. he was like, "He was. Hey, I'm, yeah. I'm test. Hey, I'm testing them. That's their their investigators. They should know that." I'm, I'm shooting a wave exactly. at the house that's gonna make them vomit. It's like, hey man, it's like <laughs> they're not fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're not fucking X Men. I don't think it's a cool thing to do, especially for people who are, you know, amateurs and probably, you know, wouldn't know what to look for. But anybody who claims that they're, you know, a seasoned investigator should probably see the signs. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a moral quandary in a sense, where it's like, if I was had the ability to fake a haunted house thing like that. It's like, I, you know, I'd probably just go at it in an honest fashion and fucking build a super awesome, like, fake haunted house and admit it oh, when yeah, you go in. Absolutely. Where it's like, you know, at least do the honorable thing where you're like, buy an old shitty house and outfit it with the things, and it's like, you're going to go in, do a ghost hunt, and you're guaranteed you're going to get EVPs and see shit, and it's going to be fucking unbelievable because it's all special effects. You know, oh, man, I need to get a shitload of business. Like no, I mean, I mean, but seriously, can you imagine a place that's like, you know, they've, they've set up all the stuff with infrasound and all that, and, you know, you go in there knowing we're going to do whatever we can to, to try and make you think you're having a paranormal experience and then do that. That would be fascinating in and of itself. You know, that would actually make right, a really exactly. tra- training ground for ghost hunters where they could go in and they could go, oh, I felt this feeling before. Where have I felt this, and what's causing it? And then you can find out the cause of it. That would be an amazing thing. Well, they should do that instead of tricking people, because that's, you know. If people are paying money for shit, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be, like, bamboozling them. It's just, you know. But, I mean, that's that's the other issue is, you know, how how is someone going to set up a class action lawsuit when it comes to evidence of ghosts? That would be the interesting thing, you know. How would they do that? Set up a what? Approach that? Like a class action lawsuit against a guy who's, you know, faking. Oh, yeah, for sure. When they expected real ones. Like, I wonder how a court would approach that, you know? Well, the only thing I can think of that even sounds remotely like that is when, uh, when, when, uh, the, uh, when like a wrestler beats somebody up, usually the wrestler gets off, uh, he doesn't, he gets out of trouble because they don't believe, like, (laughs) The, that a wrestler would be, you know, that it's all fake. So even so that right. when the wrestler beat you up at the bar, like he was, you know, the, it was an out of pre- performance or some shit. You know? Right. Oh man. All right. Well, we're running up against the wall here. So where can folks find out? Well, well first we, I mean, the lady's going to cut us off in a minute. But we can dribble over the the line. So don't worry about that. So let's talk. Actually, you, you can go a little longer, right? Yeah, of course. All right. Just a few minutes. Don't worry. Um, tell me where you're going to be because people we've been talking all night about this thing. Where I assume we I said there's six events last weekend. I assume you're pretty busy this summer. So what do you what do you have on the uh, on the docket and where can folks find you and stuff? 
Well, the next place we're going to be, we're going to be in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, for the uh, Tupelo Horror Con, and that's, uh, that's I think, I'm going to say it's on the 22nd of next month. Uh, and after that, we're going to be in, uh, we're going to be at, where's the next one after that? The next one is uh, Michigan Paracon. Uh, Michigan Paracon, yeah. And, I mean, it's pretty much, there's something every single month. Uh, if people want to get, you know, the dates and see when we're going to be close to them, they can go to weirdhq.com, and there's a whole list of dates there. Uh, we're pretty easy to keep up with. And uh, there's always, we're always doing live stuff online. Um, we actually, we just started, we were talking about this a little bit, we just started a membership program, so if people are interested nice, in nice. members of the museum and, you know, kind of supporting the work that we're doing, whether it's with the initiative or the haunted objects or the scanning process, they could do that. And we've got all kinds of live events we do. We just actually did a live uh, investigation with some of the haunted objects and different experiments at Waverly Hills, uh, like last weekend. So uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, and that's the people can join the museum at patreon.com slash paramuseum. And there's a video there that kind of gives people an idea of what's, what's in it. So we're, uh, we're always busy. There's always something, something going on. Nice. Nice. Now, have you guys, you guys got to be working on some kind of TV show or something by now, right? You got to be close. <laughs> Has that, Lauren said the museum company, the museum show came to his museum. You guys should reach out to the, I don't know what it's called, oh, the Mystery museum show. Museum? Yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, we, we were on Mystery the Museum earlier this year. Oh, see, I, yeah, I guess I'm not yeah. a super fan. I didn't know about this. All right. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they came out and uh, did a segment on a plank of the Amityville Order House that we have in the collection. So, uh, oh, nice. you know, that, was, that was cool. But we're, I mean, you know, we're friends with a lot of people and groups that do a lot of different television shows, and we've popped up here and there, and we'll pop up a few more times. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's always one of those things where we're so busy right now doing what we're doing with the museum and traveling that I don't know how we could do one anyway. You know, even if yeah, even if it popped up, it, it would just be, you know, we're always game to do something, uh, something fun if we're into the idea, but, and it's, it's harder and harder. I just, we just don't have a schedule to do that kind of stuff anymore. Well, I thought of – I was telling Lauren, because I was joking with Lauren that they should make a show about his museum. And uh, I, I think – I don't know if I specifically mentioned you guys, but I think I, like, sort of drew the idea where it's like – the way these shows are, I could totally see them doing a show about your museum, but it's all, like, these awful sort of, like, uh, Hollywood script-type shit where it's like, you and Dana are fighting about what color to paint the bathroom – and that's like that's like two thirds of the episode, and one third of the episode is is about the idol and something that happened that day. Do you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. Like, so don't please don't fall. I would love it actually, and if you do need a writer for that show, I would definitely be. I would almost <laughs> join up, but at the same time, don't don't do that because it will oh be awful. God. But now that I talk about I'm it, a, I kind of, I kind of like it. I can promise you that I am an absolutely <laughs> terrible actor. So the she chances really is. of that ever happening. And, and the other so weird thing cringy. is, Dana and I actually get along. And that, I think people are surprised so by that. We've, we've been, yeah. How long have we been married now, Dana? Um, se- almost seven years. Yeah. We I guess we like each know. other. Yeah. And we don't really, we don't really fight or argue. I mean, 
our lives are weird enough as it is. We don't have to. We don't have to uh, make up drama for it. It's yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's, it's strange. But you know what I'm saying? It. Those shows. That's how those shows are. Oh yeah. Like, well, even it's the first like game, today on. Of, uh, well, Ghost Hunters was the same way in the first couple of seasons. You know, it was all infighting and stuff like that before they realized people don't really care. They just want to see ghosts. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it swings back around. Is it? I think there's a show like called like Hillbilly Monster Hunters or some shit. And I think it's more just about the family of monster hunters than the actual. <laughs> there are several monster there hunting. Several. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, but you guys would appeal. You guys would appeal to the normals in the audience who can't who can't quite identify <laughs> with the hillbilly monster hunters, but who were like, hey, honey, that's like how we thought about the bathroom paints. So there's, there's a market for this show, I'm telling you. Oh, man. So you're traveling all over. All right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I had in here. No. Well, we got to do a ghost hunt sometime. Next time you guys come back here, uh, we'll hang out. Absolutely. We'll introduce yeah. you. Yeah, kind of a reckless, so I'm hard to get a handle on. But, uh, yeah, you know people we'll, here we'll that we'll I don't we'll know. Yeah. We'll get you. Yeah, we'll get Weisberg involved somehow, Tim Weisberg. Of course, absolutely. You know, he's got he's got the hookup. He's got uh, a couple really cool places he's got the in at, so we could uh, plan a fun little fun little adventure. Yeah, I think he's like hooked up with those Lizzie Borden people, but I'm not sure. He, I think he might he be. He is. He mm-hmm. absolutely is. So there and we we've yeah, never, never been, been there, there, so that's perfect. We've never been there, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. There's our adventure. That's what we're gonna do, Tim. All right, tell Tim Weisberg that's what we're going to do. So we'll get him in on it. All right. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I really appreciate it. Love the conversation. Um, I really have a lot of fun talking to you guys. And so I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future, whatever I do next. So don't worry about that. Hey, man, anytime, anytime you want to Anytime. Always down. We love talking. No, man, I really appreciate it. Well, Greg – uh, Newkirk and Dana Newkirk, Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. Weekend Weird is the website. Paramuseum.com is the uh, is the museum. You got it. You got, you got it. it. Nice. Look at that. See, I still have a few tricks up my sleeve. All right, gang. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. And uh, best of luck and keep us posted on your adventures. And uh, have a good night. Thank Thanks you again. All right, folks, there you go. That was uh, Greg Newkirk and Dana Matthews Newkirk joining us here uh, on the show. They haven't hung up yet, so I don't know if they're listening or what. But there's nothing else to say, really. That was the show. It was awesome. Another awesome jam session covering all kinds of different stuff. There we go. Let's cut them out here. Let's go. Let's see here. Bye-bye, guys. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was cool. And uh, they're really good guys. And, uh, I think they're doing great work and really interesting that they're sort of tackling this stuff from a whole different perspective, which I like a lot. Uh, we need more people doing, you know, think outside the box on this shit, trying to figure out a new way to look at it because we've been looking at everything the same way for all this time, you know. We're not getting anywhere. There's got to be some other way to look at this. We must be missing something. Maybe they're going to find it or maybe there's something, you know, that's – up till now has been imperceptible to the, you know, to the, uh, to our own perceptions. Those little dials like swinging here on the, (laughs) they're still on the air somehow, but 
because uh, the thing won't take them out. So hopefully they don't talk smack about me. But anyway. listen, I'm just sitting here listening <laughs> to all the nice things you're saying. About oh, me. good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys were like unaware that you're still on the show. So I'm afraid it's going to no, be awesome. I thought, I'm going to hear like. I thought you were going to kick it. I thought you were going to kick us out. I wanted to hear the outro. I only hung up. All right. Well, I I clicked, I clicked the thing to kick you out and it's like there's a little dial spinning. So I'm like, Oh no, they, they're, I think they're going to think they're off the air. They're going to be like, Hey, hey, listen, I'll just close my mouth and you can keep saying nice things about me. That's fine. Well, I meant what I said, man, you guys are doing great work. And as I said earlier, Anyone who's doing anything is a good thing, and if you're doing shit that's different from anyone else, that's even better. So that's that's what I want to see from folks. So and we'll we'll tie it all together to uh, Greg and Dana's appearance on the last show. I was joking with them. I got all these emails because I had them on. I put their picture up. I stopped doing shows for a couple of months, and everyone was like, "These guys are on your website for like two months. What the hell's going on?" So they're gonna get to haunt the website again for a couple of weeks because. There's, uh, there's, I'm not going to do a fucking show on July 4th. Are you kidding me? Uh, nobody else does a show on July 4th. I'm sure paranormal podcasters do, but I'm not going to. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> so we, we won't be, we're not doing a show on July 4th. So we'll be back on July 11th uh, with a guest to be announced. So uh, Greg and Dana can haunt the website for a couple of weeks, kind of akin to uh, the last time they were on the show. Um, and that's it. So I hope everybody has an awesome 4th of July. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid uh, while you're out drinking and fucking around with fireworks. Uh, that's a combination you don't want to get mixed up in, so uh, don't. And uh, have fun. You'll be hearing from me in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening, folks. Good night. Good night, Greg and Dana. Good night. <laughs> Dana already bailed. She's like, fuck all this. I, I, I have shit to do. All right, bro. Good night, and uh, good night, Dana. Good night, Greg, and good night, uh, Benalva America listeners. And I'll talk to you in a couple weeks.